Howdy-ho, and welcome to Game Face, episode 14, our big E3 preview. One thing I will say is if you are not excited for E3 after this episode, you should probably find a new hobby, because that's what this episode is all about. We're going to talk about a ton of games. Bye. <laughs> You're not excited for E3, Marcus? Um, we'll see how we go next uh, Sunday night. You mean this Sunday night? Oh, in this like Sunday, three days. Three days, rather, yeah. <laughs> um, see, see what happens after Bethesda. If I find out that I, I can actually get into their booth and play Fallout 4, I'll get excited. Yeah. Otherwise, I might just sleep through the entire thing. Uh, well, you're going to be here, so you can't sleep too much. You can sleep when you go home. Sifted, sleep is for the dead, brother. <laughs> So anyway, we have got a ton of stuff to get through in this episode. Uh, it's probably going to run a little long. Hopefully that doesn't bother you guys too much because we do have a lot to talk about. We're going to run through pretty much all the publishers that we haven't done E3 previews of before. We're going to do some E3 predictions, which are always fun. We're going to talk about some Dark Horse candidates for E3. Uh, it is just E3 love here on Game Face this week. So we need to get to it. Let's get to the big six. I hope you like Lego, Marcus. I am very fond of Lego. You better be, because we're going to talk about it for the next, like, five or six minutes. Because <laughs> we're talking about WB Games. WB Games, pretty much the entire lineup is Lego. Well, I think we could lump all the Lego into, like, three seconds worth of... <laughs> um, I mean, the well, they're all look, different, though. Uh, this is how different they are. Do you want me to just go through this in super fast? Let me give you the WB <laughs> breakdown. Lego World. It's the Minecraft Christmas. Lego. It's already out. Lego Dimensions, I'm buying it. It's Doctor Who. Fuck it. Lego Jurassic World is out tomorrow, isn't it? Or next Soon, week? Soon, yeah. Um, Lego Marvel's The Avengers. If it's better than Lego Marvel Superheroes, then it's going to be a lot of fun. Done. That's the Lego stuff done. Let's talk about what else they've got. <laughs> you seriously don't... Well, you, you said you've been playing Lego Worlds a little bit, which uh, is basically the Minecraft clone. Although people have been saying it's really not a Minecraft clone saying that it really doesn't have a direction in the game. It's just, it's really just like a toy to play around with. There's it's no... It's a $15 virtual Lego set. Yeah. That's, um, and that's pretty much it. I mean, it's, it's obviously in its, its, you know, early form. There's not a huge amount of uh, content out. You know, you basically, you know, it's, you're paying for the early access almost. It's yeah. not 100%. Uh, all spanky fantastic uh, so yeah I mean it is it's Lego fucking Minecraft um, and it'll be interesting to see what happens with the packs if for example they release an Avengers pack or if they tie it oh, into you know they're gonna. dimensions well you know I mean you could see them doing that with uh, properties they own so a Jurassic pack a uh, DC Comics pack a Hobbit you know you can create Hobbit world yeah. that's when it's going to get interesting where you can you have to build your own shire pack. Indeed, you can basically staff it with all the King, Kim Kardashians you want, because she a hobbit. So is it true that there's really no objective to the game at all? It's really just go build stuff? There's no tension? There's no enemies? Because I've seen like footage of it, and it shows like these... It looks a lot like Minecraft. I, you have these yeah. skeletons like chasing after you. I haven't really gone through you know, gone through it as much. It's going to be a time suck. Yeah. I downloaded it. I had a little sort of like wander around, and then I, I went, oh shit. This would be like three fucking months. Plus, I want to install it on my desktop machine where I've got the big 
50-inch uh, screen right. as opposed to my 90-inch. You have a 50-inch screen on your desktop? Yeah. Damn. It's a, it's, <laughs> it was the Samsung TV from our living room, bought a new when you living got a room new TV. One. And I got, the, I got that and I got games room. So there you go. Um, that's the way to do it. How but, close do you sit to that monitor? Uh, oh, I don't sit very close. Oh, it's like no. you got a couch or something. Yes, yeah. I, I sit. I sit a good five feet back. Yeah, and that's about it. It's like you know, it's as if I, I, I'm playing an Oculus Rift. <laughs> but let's look. I mean, Lego Marvel Avengers was just announced. By the way, they yeah. just put out a trailer for it. I did not play the last Marvel Lego game. Was it good? Lego Lego Marvel Superheroes was probably one of the best. It's probably the peak of the Lego Marvel series. Um, since then, we had the Lego Batman Three, yeah. uh, which really didn't scale the heights. It tried to do, you know, it pretty much did what Avengers did, but it didn't really evolve anything forward. Be interesting to see how Jurassic World does. Yeah. Um, and this is the problem with uh, Traveller's Tales. I mean, there are a great bunch of lads down there, um, and I'm wondering how. How do they make so many games? Well, I mean, there's not. <laughs> it's insane. Their studio must actually, be like 500 people. But they don't actually change much game from game. It's reskin, reskin, reskin. Yeah, I mean, look, they have a lot missions. of assets they can reuse, but still. But I, I mean, mean, the missions themselves are, aren't exactly hugely, you know, Involving, varied. Yeah. From, you know, the, the missions haven't really changed from Lego Star Wars, the original trilogy. Um, I mean, look, the, the, the engine's been tweaked every iteration, but it still has some issues. There's still some stupid little frustrations that still they're still playing the game for example you know you you just you know blow something up and you got all these little studs to collect and a cinematic kicks in yeah. and that cinematic is unskippable and then when it comes back they're all, all gone all the studs yeah. are disappearing <laughs> and it's, <laughs> it's the difference between you actually you know getting a gold brick at the end of the level or having to redo it yeah. and it's this that's si such it's so stupid it's schoolboy it's, it's school so boy simple hours. <laughs> and it makes me wonder how constrained these guys are by perhaps you know so maybe they WB's are making too limits. many games. Well, no, with just the limits WB puts on them, it's like to ch yeah to churn this stuff out that they can't really evolve it. So we'll see. Dimensions is the one that's going to be really interesting because obviously it's the toy line. Um, they are dabbling with stuff that isn't their IP again. You know, Doctor Who in particular, uh, Portal. You know, and it'll be interesting to see if they, you know if they just churn out a generic standard Lego game with a Doctor Who IP or with a Portal IP or with Back to the Future or Ghostbusters. It's going. It's going. It's going to get long in the tooth. I mean, they released the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. Bored me stupid because I don't yeah. really have that uh, attraction to the source material, and that's the problem. If you don't like, you know, if you don't really geek out over that particular source material, this stuff kind of uh, is cold. Uh, you know, leaves you cold. Which is why Lego Worlds right now is an interesting concept because well, Dimensions it, mashes up everything. I mean, I can't even keep track of all the packs that are coming to that game and all the different properties that are in it. it like, but we still don't back know to the future with the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, like, we just don't know. Yeah, we don't know how it's going to work. I mean, they've not really released any information, so we'll see. Hopefully, more at E3, which is going to you know. The, there were some previews that trickled out. I think it was last week, and a couple of them actually mentioned that the game part of it is much better. The, 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 the 3D platforming in it is actually like a legitimate game and not just like a means to an end the way it kind of has been before. We'll see. We'll see. I'll, I'll, I will reserve judgment considering I've played every single one of them. Be is it fatigue time? Because look, back on Invisible Walls, you used to love the Lego games. No, and here we sit four, three yeah. or four years later and I it mean, seems like you're burning out on them a little well, bit. Well, I mean, you know, two years ago they released Lego Marvel, which was probably the best one, uh, the best one of the bunch. Lego Star Wars still remains a, f a favorite. I, as I said, I mean, the DC ones haven't really scaled the heights. They haven't pushed it forward. So, I mean, it is franchise fatigue. 
um, you know, when you're having a game every year or every six months now. Um, they have to really evolve the gameplay uh, because there's only so many times you can go, oh, look, it's a, it's a lightsaber and I just punched a stormtrooper in the face and he's disappeared. Right. So we'll see what happens, see what they have to say with this. So uh, until then, I am basically holding my breath. So obviously Batman is WB's big game, but the caveat there is that the game basically comes out Right after E3, yeah. Yeah, on the way in, on the subway station, I saw a whole bunch of uh, posters. And I'm sure it's still going to be a big focus for them. I mean, if you go to their booth, it's probably going to be on the marquee, and they'll have bat figures everywhere. If if they've got any sense, they'll be giving out copies of the game so we can go home home and play. Because that game's got to be fucking finished now. Oh, for sure. It's got to be finished and in retail by now. Yeah, I almost feel like maybe they delayed it so they can try to milk a a game of E3 award out of the game before it... (laughs) It launches. It, uh, it wasn't I, much of a delay. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't I don't know what's going on with that. I'm I'm looking for, I'm looking forward to it because Batman, but again, the last one kind of soured me. So yeah. you know, we'll see how it goes. But Mad Max, that's their other big one. I'm look. I'm not as convinced on Mad Max as a lot of people. Like I know they they showed it for the first time in a long time, like a month and a half ago, and a lot of the press were kind of freaking out over it and saying that oh my god, you know, this is a game to look out for, but. The more I see of that game, the less interested I am in it. I saw it two years ago at E3. I actually sat next to the PR person, and I said, that fucking game's not coming out. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> um, because it looked like a poor man's rage. Yeah. Uh, and we've, you know, we've said this before. Uh, so the new trailer, I mean, they're obviously trying to, you know, they want to maximize the effect of the movie, which is no obviously getting... Intended. yeah. <laughs> unintentional pun uh, which obviously you know is is a smart thing to do I mean you know people are saying oh we want a uh, was it Furiosa uh, expansion pack and why is she playable in the game and all that sort of stuff um, I don't know I mean the problem with the you know and it's not a problem with the movie but the problem they have with Mad Max is the movie he was a side character right this was Furiosa's you know, film. Yeah. Uh, she owned it. She decimated absolutely everything. And Mad Max was a sidekick. Whereas in the first three movies, it was all about Mad Max. Oh, for sure. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Because, I mean, you know, they took away his car. And, uh, you know, go watch the movie. It's actually really, really good. Um, but, yeah, I mean, where does this plug in into, into the uh, into the law? That's the big question. Um, and, uh, you know, is it, you know, Mel Gibson Mad Max? Is it Tom Hardy Mad Max? Is it your own Mad Max? Is that even going to be... You know, if this is a third Mad Max character, is it even that interesting? Um, There's just something about this game that's just screaming jank at me. Like, I don't know what it is. I feel like I've developed this, like, sixth sense over the years of covering games where I can, like, kind of watch a game being played without even playing it and kind of figure it out. And there's just something about watching this game. It just... I mean, they sell it very well with the trailer and everything and the gameplay that they show, but I don't know what it is. I've got this weird feeling about it. A wise man said, just before we went on air, I don't trust it. Yeah. (laughs) And that was Matt, by the way. Yeah. He's a wise, wise man. So, yes, I don't trust it. So, there you go. That's Warner Brothers. More of the same. A lot of the same, yeah. um, I would not be surprised, just on the realms of out of left field, if they announced Shadows of Mordor 2. Yeah, it would be smart. It would be smart. Um, or, you know, the shadows of, um, I don't know, Hobbiton or whatever they're going to call it. I think Lego, they're hoping... Lego the Shadows of Mordor. I think they're hoping Mad Max turns into Shadows of Mordor, where it was this game that no one was really talking about. It was kind of flying under the radar. Everybody got it, and they're like, oh, my God. 
it's going <laughs> to have to really, really pick up and impress. Yeah, I mean, it's got a ways to go, I think. All right, so let's move on to uh, my most anticipated E3 preview ever. Um, the the you know the, the the press conference or not so much a press conference but the you know the event that I will be lining up for absolute hours to get into um, in an alternate universe it's the Nintendo E3 preview and that's as cheerful as I'm going to get Shane I look I know you're you're actually more excited of the about the Lego stu- uh, the Lego the Nintendo stuff than I am and and you know you kindly provided a list of games that you think we're going to see I thought it might um, help jog your memory a little bit Marcus because uh, I knew it was up there. I just needed to pull it out. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many titles out here that just scream, play me, play they scream me, play Marcus me. Beer. Yeah, they do. <laughs> I mean, let's start off with Yoshi's Woolly World. Um, and and look, there's this is a you know if if this is the list of stuff that comes out, it's a strong list for the Nintendo fan. You think it is? Though? I think for the Nintendo fan, and it, it just just depends on one caveat: if this stuff makes it within the next twelve months. Yeah, I they think all this stuff is going to make it, except for maybe Zelda. They can announce all this and say, "Oh, this is all coming, and you're going to have this. It's going to be awesome." But they might not put a release date on it, and we might not be playing it until the Wii U three. Well, here's the weird thing about <laughs> here's the weird thing about Yoshi is that the game is actually coming out in other territories not long from now, and then they're holding it until the holidays in North America for some weird reason. So the cat's going to be out of the bag. People are going to. <laughs> Import the game from some other territory and play it. We're going to know pretty much how good this game is in the not too distant future, which could really be a bad idea for Nintendo because if the game's not great, maybe they know the game's great and they're counting on that positive buzz building for a few months from these other territories. But if the game is just mediocre, there's their Q4 game flushed down the toilet for North America because people will be tipped off to the fact that it's not great. And in all honesty, look, I, I like the Yoshi games. But the last couple have been good, but they're not exceptional, and they're nothing really different. And, you know, it's another side-scrolling platformer, because God knows the industry needs more of those. And God knows Nintendo needs more of those. Yeah, so, I don't know. If this is their big Q4 game, it's a little unnerving. But, in all honesty, I don't think it is their big Q4 game. I think their big Q4 game, and maybe I should have saved this for our predictions at the end, but I think their big Q4 game is going to be Star Fox, because... It's the only game that they're showing at the show that even has a possibility of really turning in massive sales at the holidays. I mean, if they could get Star Fox done, and Retro Studios has been teasing stuff this week on Twitter, saying they have a new game coming to the show, and then there's rumors flying around that it's a freaking Diddy Kong game. Like, look, I, I love Tropical Freeze as much as the next guy. Hang on, I'm the ne- next guy, and I'm the no next interest guy. <laughs> in, in Tropical Freeze. You, I don't know, is Matt the next guy? Do you know? <laughs> see, you, the next guys do not have any interest in Tropical Freeze. It was a good game. It was a great game, actually, as far as side-scrolling platformers go. But Retro, they need to let Retro work on either Metroid or a new IP. Maybe Nintendo's learning its lesson with Splatoon, which is a huge success both here and in Japan Did and in well Europe. In the NPTs. Yeah, it's doing great. Fair so dues. maybe they're finally going to figure out that, hey, maybe we should actually come up with some new IPs and some new characters. It's Nintendo, one step forward, four miles back. I would be really, really disappointed if Retro's new game is a Diddy Kong game. I'd just... It, so you'd rather... So basically it's a Donkey Kong? Yeah. I mean, I would be elated if it turns out that they're the ones who have been working on Star Fox. That would be absolutely incredible. That would give me huge hope for the game that at the very least is going to be tight and play really well. So 
They haven't really said who's working on Star Fox. They showed like a clip of it for like five seconds from last year's E3 of Miyamoto playing it, and like the screen was like blurred out, and they haven't really shown much. But they need something for Q4 here, and the timing's working out pretty well for it to be Star Fox. Well, if if they don't bring it out this year, sixty bucks go to a retro store, thirty dollars for a Super NES, thirty dollars for an original Star Fox cartridge, or get yourself Star Fox sixty four, which is one of my favorite N sixty four games. Or just get the original Star Fox on Super NES, which is still the OG master. Yeah, and it's still that's also still a great game. Mario Maker, I think. I'm not all that excited for this game, but I think that game's going to sell really well. I think it could turn into another one of those like phenomenon things where the Nintendo seems to have an innate ability to just manufacture out of nowhere. Uh, I think that might be a big game for them. I'm pretty excited for it. I mean, building your own 2D Mario levels, kind of one of those dream come true type things that I think will resonate definitely with Nintendo fans. But I also think it has the ability to... Will you then be able to upload these levels and share them with other ones? Yeah. So cue bunches of cock levels then. Oh, pretty much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's probably what, exactly what's going to happen. And the flagpole goes up between a big pair of boobs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, the way Nintendo is, you know, they'll probably hire an army of people to manually look at every single level that's uploaded before it's allowed to go live. Because do you realize that Nintendo does that with Miiverse? Literally, every post, drawing, whatever that you do in Miiverse, somebody, a human person, well, that's is looking at that. when the Miiverse first happened, this, everybody was running around drawing cocks on yeah. everything. Yeah! I mean, you think about... It wasn't me. Yeah. I didn't do it. Imagine if Facebook had to manually moderate everything. I mean, that's what they're doing with Miiverse. It's a social network with thousands or maybe mil maybe a million people on it who are all posting drawings that they draw, and somehow they're all getting vetted before they go up. I've actually read some things where some people like have found this very specific time where Nintendo like switches shifts with their moderators and they're able to like slip stuff through for like a couple hours. It's it's crazy. Oh, okay. uh. exactly. <laughs> So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they moderate Mario Maker levels to the extreme to where you submit your level and, like, you wake up the next day and maybe that level's actually uploaded to the system. Regardless, I think it's going to be a pretty big hit. It might just be a big hit because there's no competition and Wii U, Wii U owners need something to play. Yeah. Then there's a couple obscure games that they showed at E3 last year. There's Project Guard, which is almost like a tower defense game where you play, like, one person plays as, like, a prison guard using like all these security cameras to try to trap people. I hope it's not a, 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 that was an LA Sheriff's Department prison guard where you have to beat people up. Yeah, I mean, it's a very weird concept, but again, it's one so of those... So you have to stop the prisoners from escaping? I don't know if it's escape or you have to kill the prisoners with the cameras. You can see it right here on the screen. It's like... it's. it's oh, God. Sorry. <laughs> it's, uh, it's like one of those multiplayer games, asymmetrical, where you play like one person plays against multiple people or whatever. But again, it's one of those things that seems really weird and goofy, like Splatoon, that when it actually comes out and people play it, they're like, wow, like, I like it. It's one of those things but is where... There, is, is a tower defense game in this day and age worth a full price? I don't, they don't know what they, if yeah. they're going to price that at full and price. That's, that's it could just be thing. a downloadable It could be game. a digital download, which you know would be a, a positive move. Right. Because uh, they need you know, more of that. I haven't, seen, I haven't seen that. And then um, there's Project Giant Robot, which is like this very awkward like robot battling game where you build a robot. And then it's like the gameplay... <laughs> I played it at E3 last year, and it's, it's ridiculous. It's like these robots move really slow, and like the combat is very deliberate. And is, it like, bad, is it as bad as Ultraman on the Super NES? 
No, no, it's not that bad. Good. No, nope. you, uh, you should look. Actually, you know, let me throw this out there. Go look for footage of Ultraman the Super NES game. It is quite possibly one of the worst video games in the history of ever. Yeah, it's pretty awful. It's but this game is. Repugnant. I think the the thing with this game is it's about the building more than the actual combat because. Most people would build a robot, and then they'd start the actual battle, and the robot would be so top-heavy, it would just fall over. There would be no battle at all. And it would say, the other guy won! And it's like, but nothing happened! It's, no it's, like, it's like the recent DARPA video that we saw released online. Yeah, yeah. So there's two like smaller games that were shown last year that I'm assuming will show up again this year, but Nintendo's had projects like that at E3 before. There was this one game back in the GameCube era called Rollorama that eventually turned into, like, Kirby tilt and tumble and like never came out in the U. So they show this stuff sometimes and then you never see it again. And you, they make it up to be a big deal and a big idea, has a bunch of kiosks at E3, and then it just falls off the face of the earth. So who knows if those two games actually show up. So, but we've got Retro's new game, which we've talked about a little bit already. Devil's Third, which is Itagaki san's game that's been in development hell for forever. This game was. In development for like a couple years, THQ picked it up, and then he was at E3 with THQ like two years ago, and THQ folds, the IP goes basically up for sale, and Itagaki, I mean, he's burned a lot of money making this game. It's like been in development for four or five years, had a couple different publishers, Nintendo has now picked it up. They put out a brand new like 10 minute piece of gameplay this week that was one of the most insane things I have ever seen in video games. Was the, that guy just playing drums? Yes. Is this an 80s Jean-Claude Van Damme movie? Or an Itagaki game, a.k.a. the same thing. Because <laughs> that's really how Itagaki is and how he thinks. Like, he is kind of trapped in the 80s, like, glam metal era. But the game is just... Watching the game, there's no consistent theme to any of it. Like, you can't figure out what any of it is. It's like... You got this dude with tattoos all over him, but then you have this other guy that looks like he could be from Ninja Gaiden, and then it... it He's playing the fucking drums again. Yeah, it's all over the place. Like, honestly, I think this game is probably going to be terrible, but it's like one of those games that's just so weird and bad that you play it anyway. No. Just... I, I probably you will give it a spin. I won't. I will give Devil's Third a spin. If uh, only to laugh at it the whole time I play it. Next. But that might be one of the bigger games for Nintendo at E3, sadly. That's kind of where they're at right now with their lineup. Exactly. It's not good news. Fire Emblem, two, two of those games coming. One for Wii U, one for 3DS. Strategy RPG games, they're traditionally excellent games. People love them, so, you know, again... I mean, look, they're million sellers, basically. All of these games, they tick the boxes for the hardcore fans. Yeah. Um, At this point, that's who Nintendo should be serving. Well, that's all Nintendo does serve, honestly. But that's Uh, who they should serve, because their platform is dead, basically. They're never going to pick up the casuals or people who are thinking about buying a PS4 or an Xbox One. They need to make sure the people who bought the Wii U are happy, because... Yeah. That's their last chance for their next console to yeah, have, they, they have any to, success. Have to service these guys, and I mean, it's become a, it's become basically a you know total symbiotic relationship where they're feeding off each other. And at, at some point, I mean, if Nintendo with the NX doesn't have plans to evolve and really push out to a new market and accept third party and go beyond this list, which is more of the same, pretty much that yeah. you know we see year after year, um, they're going to find that market is going to die. Yeah, I mean, it already um, is. we're seeing it already, Marcus. I mean, well, Splatoon sold surprisingly well. I mean, but is that a case of 
you know, it's I mean, only been out a couple of weeks, though. Who knows what the long term is going to be for that? It's been out a couple of weeks, and um, it's what the first Wii U game in how long? A while, yeah. First yeah. relevant one, anyway. I mean, because let's face it, if you have a console, you shouldn't have to wait three to six months for a for a, you know for a, every decent release. I mean, other than the Wii, Nintendo fans have been dealing with this for since the N sixty four era. Yeah. The N64, the GameCube were the same way. Yeah. Like, it got to, after the first two years, third parties bailed, and it was just up to Nintendo. And we've talked about this on the show before. They don't have the resources to support two platforms. They just don't. So. Well, I mean, look, they, they, they have the resources. Um, they're sitting on them uh, in the bank. And they have you the resources. You mean spend some of their money. Spend some of their money to get the, get the third parties work, uh, working with them. And the third party, I mean... That could be a lot of just trying to save his ass, though. Well, look... It, if you have an Xbox One and you're thinking of buying a second console, what are you going to get? A PS4 or a Wii U? I think some people would get a Wii U, but they have to have that kind of. What's the percentage? You know, I'm oh, thinking of like those people. Ninety-five percent will go I for a PS4. I don't think it would be that high. I don't think it'd be that high. Oh, I think ninety-five percent would go for a PS4. I don't know. I think, yeah, I think so. You know, Sony. Well, I think if you flip it though, let's say they have a PS4 already, which is more likely. If they have a PS4, they're going. To get and it. then if they're deciding between an Xbox One or a Wii U, I think the average would be higher for the Wii U, for example. Possibly, possibly. Um, I doubt it. I, I don't think it would be. You know, it may be. You know, eighty out of hundred <laughs> will go for an Xbox One. Yeah, I mean, um, look, the Wii U is done. Like they're just trying to hold on here until yeah. they can get the NX out. And you know, we should probably talk about that too. The fact that they're saying. That there's going to be no NX information. I'm, you know, I'm starting to wonder too if Nintendo isn't setting everybody up for surprises. They're, they've said Zelda's not going to be cares? there. Who cares? They do this every. But people do care, Marcus. Year. It's Nintendo. People. I care mean, about seriously, it. it's Nintendo every year. You just nailed it. It's Nintendo every year. That's their motto. Same shit, different calendar year. They will do the same shit. Like we're not going to talk about it. Oh, but now we have a tease. One last like, thing. Oh yes, one last thing. Do you remember the one last thing? Wii Music. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that very well. And people are like... <gasps> I wonder where Cammie Dunaway I mean, is right now. I remember hope, her? I hope Cammie Dunaway is relaxing on a fucking beach. She deserved it. She was a flash but, in the pan for Nintendo. Well, I mean, look, she, you know, she got a lot of shit, but she, you know, at the end of the day... She deserved it, though. Look, I interviewed her one time after their press conference, and it was one of the most uncomfortable things I've ever done as a journalist. Because she did not know anything. Like if it wasn't, she's perfectly qualified to work for Nintendo. <laughs> I'm sorry, I mean, Nintendo look. is fucking Reggie, and if you have no Reggie, there's nobody else for, no, for, there for Nintendo. There are, there totally are. Who? The whole Treehouse. All those people are great. They all know the games inside and out. They're head of marketing. Look, after Cammy left, they started having me interview somebody else, and I was started talking to their head of marketing every year. He knew his stuff, man. Like, I, he and I would sit there. We'd do the interview. We'd stop it. And then we'd keep talking for another 20 minutes. That's when you know it's somebody knows games. they're all on the Kool-Aid. There are people there they at need, Nintendo that know games. They need outside blood. Yeah, I mean, they it would help. They need a radical infusion. They need to sort of, like, chop down the fucking treehouse. But are people just... Shred it. Are people just going to come in and say, hey, you should be like everybody else? Because I don't think that's the right strategy for Nintendo. Well, no, you don't have to be like everybody else, but you look what Sony did with the PS4. I mean, they looked uh, they looked at what the mistakes they'd, uh, they'd made on the PS3. They rectified them. Yeah. And they didn't lose their 
soul over it. Yeah. They still have I would stuff say on the hardware out. front, I agree with you a thousand percent. They so, need to bring somebody in to work with them on the NX hardware. Yeah. To make and, sure that they don't end up flying down some random path. Yeah, and they think that they look they don't need to continually it's like, all right, well we've got an Assassin's Creed and a Batman Arkham Asylum and we got a Fallout and we got this and all this is coming to the same one, so you now have three choices. But it should be, all right, well, you know, we're gonna make our next system relatively straightforward to port for, but we don't want to go for the same type of port. So what's it going to take to get a, you know, Fallout exclusive game? Or an <laughs> that is, that's never happening. Or an Assassin's Creed <laughs> exclusive game. Remember, because Ubisoft were, were the, the only ones, really, to so fully support the Wii U at and launch. And even they've bailed, yeah. And, they, and they've left. They had, a game, they had a game finished. They had Zombie U. Well, Zombie U this week, it came out that Zombie U may be coming to PS4 and Xbox One now. Well, I mean, Zombie U was was a fun game. It was fun. It was flawed, but fun. But I mean, again, it's I not a system seller. Hardware. But it was a, an exclusive game for Wii U. Yeah. But it didn't. Back it in the days. Tanked like really bad. So because it, Nintendo didn't support it because they put all the ad money. Because um, let's face it, you look at Microsoft and you look at Sony, they co-support. And they put money down for exclusives. They do, yeah. And Nintendo was a, you know, the Nintendo. last time I remember Nintendo doing that was Bayonetta two. Yeah, Bayonetta. Well, Bayonetta two, they basically stepped in because nobody else would publish it. Like Sega had said no, and a bunch of other publishers had said no, and they stepped in. And you know, Bayonetta sold like crap, so it was a terrible decision. Before that. Back in the GameCube but the, era, but the Nintendo locked it. down all the Resident Evil exclusive. Remember, yeah. they had like five games, and it turned out they actually got like two games and a bunch of ports of the old ones. Don't forget, the fans wanted Bayonetta 2, and it was going to be the best game ever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, it is a great game. It's, just because the game doesn't sell doesn't mean it's not good. The game is great. It's just... No, the game it doesn't has limited sell because, appeal. It, because it, doesn't have, you know, it doesn't have a wide enough audience. Well... And it doesn't have a wide enough audience It's a mature game. Uh, and again, it's a challenging there's no, game. There's no reason why a game like Bayonetta shouldn't succeed on the Wii U. There's no reason why the Wii U shouldn't succeed. The, the you know, Nintendo have enough money to be able to throw you know throw shit uh, throw money at, at things to market to educate. From the get-go, the Wii U was a fucking disaster. Their marketing was atrocious. That was the Their big mistake. Their message yeah. was mixed. Messaging Their was bad. software lineup for every great game they had, you had three piles of shit that nobody really knew what the fuck to do with. Their third-party support disappeared from the get-go. And it's the same thing that they, you know, they basically, when the Wii came out, marketing was on point, everybody bought it, everybody had some fun for a year, and then it turned into a, a fucking doorstop. Yeah. But they had their sales. For the NX, go back to the marketing. Make sure that it's easy, to, easy to communicate. Make sure the game is straightforward. Uh, the, the, the games are straightforward to develop on the console, and make sure that you reach out to some great third parties to partner with them. Because you know, I've said this over and over. I rag on Nintendo week in, week out because I have lost faith in the leadership of Nintendo. That's what I, I was think saying. they I feel should like... all be to a man fired. <clears throat> I think they need to get some new blood in, somebody who can combine, combine the amazing old-school Japanese-ness of Nintendo yeah. and bring it kicking and screaming into the 21st century. Splatoon might, might, you know, I got might the, be... You get that vibe from Splatoon. It, it might be, you know, somebody pulling their finger out the dike and Splatoon's that bit of water coming through. Yeah. And maybe the, 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 the dam will crack and we will get a bunch of these things for, you know, for, for the NX. And that will be fantastic. But... Gamers cannot survive on Mario alone. Yeah. And no matter how many times Reggie skips out on stage at 19 feet, 6 inches and whatever <laughs> he is, and does the Reggie dance and says, 
Oh, and one last surprise for you. After going like this and yeah, saying... His, his body can only be ready yes, so many times. Yes. Yeah. Are you ready? I'm ready for E3, and now we've got this. And the Nintendo, the Wii, has now sold X, Y, and Z, and the Wii U is doing this, and the 3DS is... Because we're at Reggie in his hands. I mean, seriously, if you put a straight jacket on that man, I think he'd go, he would go nuts. <laughs> um, but we need, we need more than Reggie. I mean, look, he's a nice guy, but... Well, here's the thing. He's not pulling the strings. Well, he's a puppy. Nintendo Japan is the one. The reason he's doing working this Reggie. because he's got the strings. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, he needs to go Ultron on their ass. That's yeah. what Reggie needs to do. I, I tend to agree with you though. Like as much as I respect Awadasan, I think you may be right. I think it may be, t- and I also feel like some of the decisions that he's making are purely to save his job, and they aren't maybe necessarily in the best interest of Nintendo. I feel like they've stopped taking the risks that they need to take, particularly where they're at right now. Like. There's nowhere to go but up, man. Like, 9 million consoles sold so far? Like, just think, it can't get any worse. Well, I mean, th- just th- they need to be thankful that the, the, they cottoned onto the Amiibo, and the Amiibo is selling like fucking crazy. But they can't, you know, they can't even execute that because yeah. of the shortages Supply and stuff. constraints. And yeah. that's the thing. They make it so difficult for people. People then go to third-party sellers. So Nintendo's not even seeing the value of that. Yeah, you're right. It's stupid. Yeah. But so let's wind up, Nintendo. There's a couple more games to mention. Xenoblade Chronicles X... Previews for that have been mixed. It's out in Japan. A lot of people have been importing it from Japan. Some people say they really like it. A, a preview went up this week that the person said it was incredibly boring, who admittedly said they weren't a huge fan of the last Xenoblade game. But it's not getting overwhelming praise, I guess is the best way to put it. It did review very well in Japan. Um, it's a well, massive... don't, don't get, let me guess, Famitsu? Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. Which <laughs> reviews everything very well. But uh, at the very the least, it is going to be an absolutely massive game that will keep Wii U owners busy for at least a month or two. You know, They're saying it's up to 100 hours of gameplay you can get out of the game. So at least there's some value in that. that this will be its last hurrah, its last E3. Uh, Super Smash Brothers, there's a special press conference happening Sunday, I believe it is, for Smash Brothers with the creator from Smash Brothers. They're, in, they're <laughs> introducing the new Smash Brothers character, Shoe. Yeah. <laughs> And that's a Chim Pokemon reference for everybody. I mean, you're probably right. It probably is like a new character or something like that. It, I don't know if I'd even recommend people taking the time to watch it live, but I'm sure some Smash fans will. I'll be in the pub. And then I think their ace in the hole may be a Pokemon fighter called oh, so Pokemon Tournament. Okay, Pokemon Tournament. I was wondering what that was. It's a Pokemon fighting game made, but it's actually being developed by Namco, Namco Bandai. I guess now we have to call them Bandai Namco. But yeah, it's a fighting oh, game. Whatever. It's like Smash Brothers, but it's only Pokemon characters. And I don't know if you probably don't know this, but in Smash Brothers, like most of the Pokemon characters are like support characters. They aren't actually main characters you can play They're as. Like sidekicks who come in and help yeah, you out right. time. Yeah, like there's Pikachu, and there's a couple that you can play as main characters in Mew, but most of them just kind of show up and like do one attack and then disappear. So this is a fighting game purely about from Pokemon, which in all honesty could be one of these games that come out of the show that a lot of people are talking about and no one's talking about it right people now. People are very, very, there's a lot of Pokemon fans out yeah. there. So, gotta get them all. Overall, I don't know, Nintendo's in a tough spot and I don't see anything coming out of E3 that gets them out of it. I mean... What time's that thing on Tuesday morning? Or oh, like around 11, I think it is on Tuesday. Yeah, I'll be in the pub. <laughs> it's not too early. It's, yeah, I think it's like 11 because it happens and then the show basically kicks off like right after they wrap up. And they, don't they have the World Championships as well? Yeah, like the Nintendo... Con- I still don't understand really why they're doing that, to be honest. Like, yeah, if they gave him Fred Savage a job or something. I don't no, know. he didn't make it. He actually did not make the cut. <laughs> Fred Savage didn't make the cut. He tried out and he did not make it, yeah. That's the world coming to. Well, it's good. At least the competition was legit. They didn't just like shoehorn him in there, even though he wasn't good enough All to right, make let's it. Let's talk so. about some proper games. What's next? Okay. 
So, next up, we're, well, we're going to talk about something that we talked about right before the show. Who you, the, the publisher that you believe, Marcus, has the best lineup for at me, E3. For me personally. For you. For me personally. And that is Bethesda. Yeah. Because they tick my boxes. Yeah. Um, well, Fallout. Is all it takes is Fallout for you, right? Well, I mean, Fallout, you know, we'll get to Fallout. Um, but let's look at some of the other ones. I mean, Doom 4. Um, classic franchise. I think it's actually just called it's the, it's Doom, Doom, but I keep it, calling it Doom 4 just so people know what the hell you're talking but about. But the new Doom. Yeah. The redoom, if the you will. Doom. Uh, <laughs> new, new with a view. Uh, new Doom. That, in, you know, is enough to get this old school PC gamers, uh, you know, hairs tingling. Uh, Doom 1 and Doom 2, still classics. Yeah, Doom, for sure. Doom 3, bless. Doom uh, 4, yeah. Hopefully um, Doom 4 is a little better. But yeah, the new Doom, I mean, it's... Going back to the beginning, and you know, it's since the you know since the Bethesda and uh, you know this since they acquired it, I think uh, you know we're start, we're starting to see the benefits because for the longest time, it was a great engine company waiting for a game designer. Yeah, uh, you know, after they lost Romero and and some of the other ones, and now they have some great great game designers. Well, Carmack's gone now. Yeah, Carmack's gone too, but they have the engine and they have some great designers. So I'm looking forward to seeing. You know, Doom Three doesn't count in my book. <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to seeing what they Doom they, Three actually reviewed really high when it came out. I don't know if you remember or not, but man, people were all over that game. I didn't get to. It's so funny because I didn't get to play it when it. Came came out because I was working at GameSpot at the time and well, I was just overloaded with games and I went back and played that game like a year and a half later and I was like what? No, Doom 3, <laughs> Doom 3 came, uh, came out when you were at G4 No, I was at GameSpot No, you were at, you were at G4. G4 You For know real? why? Because it that, came, that was the first game we reviewed when we moved to, to LA Because it came out oh, the same time right. as Fear Oh, you're right, you're right And Fear killed it Yeah um, But yes, uh, Doom 4 So yeah, fresh start looking forward to it um, Dishonored Dishonored 2. Big fan of the original Dishonored. I'm not that excited about this. I know. You, you, you know, I know you appreciated the original Dishonored, but it wasn't really your yeah. 100% cup of tea. For me, I, I just really enjoyed... It was not just the, um, you know, the, the mix of the powers and balancing everything and giving you that RPG element, which I really do adore, but it was just how easy it was to control on the consoles. Yeah. Because when you have... You know, it is complicated. Biggest, I mean, look, there's yeah. a lot to that game, and they but, did... I will, tell, I will say for sure, they nailed the, the controls in that they game. They did a bang-up job, and I The was, blinking was like... Fun when it could have been a total oh, yeah. nightmare. I mean, yeah. when you're, you're blinking from chandelier to chandelier, and yeah. people are walking below you, yeah. not knowing what the fuck's going on, or uh, you know, the fact that you could creep around. I mean, it was almost like you know, it was a steampunk Deus Ex, yeah. and it worked really, it. really well. Um, so I'm, I want to see more from that world. I'm still not convinced go. it's going to be there, man. I oh. just, I still don't think that they can rationalize doing a sequel to that game. Like, it didn't sell terrible, but. It was an expensive game to make, and a sequel will be more expensive to make. Like I think that uh, I mean we still haven't seen the, the, the we never found the sales figures, did we? But no. um, I think it sold better than you think it yeah. did. But it was also a critical darling. So I mean, why not get it dishonored too? I mean, let's face it, people are always asking for a new Beyond Good and Evil uh, and a new Last Guardian and all that sort of stuff. So why don't we get a new Dishonored too? Because let's face it, if somebody's going to do it, if this was a say Activision, we wouldn't see it again. Yeah. But if this was at, you know, it's at Bethesda, I think we'll see a new Dishonored. Okay. Um, Speaking of games that I don't think we'll see, Prey well, 2. I think this, this is There's just, rumors swirling that it's not dead and it could be coming back. Well, this is the one where, it, you know, this is right up there with Half-Life 3, really. I mean, you know, it would be the nice. The mythical beast. The mythical beast that uh, we would all like to see. Uh, a nice little bit of Prey 2 action. Um, 
it's got a very checkered history it's been cancelled it's been brought back from the dead it's gone from one developer to another um if the game was almost done like there's this really awesome website called unseen 64 and basically all they do is that they just track down like games that were canceled and they try to find developers who used to work on them and like they've had people on there that worked on this game and like they've said that the game was like done yeah and i look i've heard stories that the game was almost done i've also heard stories that the game uh showed well in a vertical slice but when you actually got to the final almost done version it was a rampant bag of crap i played it at a uh, judges week event many years ago and it was just a vertical slice it like you get a lot of times and it was fun i like i really slice, enjoyed it <laughs> the vertical slice was great but we yeah. all know about vertical slices i mean what yeah, was they're they, very you know i mean nowadays we we can understand that the public will actually accept a vertical slice on a disc you know if you've bought the order uh, 1886. Or if you bought Ground Zeroes. Oh, if you bought Ground Zeroes. Um, but yeah, um, wh you know, why not? I don't think, you know, if we see anything, it will be a, uh, you know, a, a very, very teased trailer. But um, we'll see. Oh, um, we're just being handed some figures. So please bear with us. Let's see. What are you trying to show us, Matt? Uh, um, Put it back in your pants. Oh, it's gone. <laughs> it's just a dishonored, like, sales figures were, like, higher than Bethesda expected, oh. according to articles in 2012. So yeah. They, so it they sold... Were, they were developing it as a franchise. It was, like, number four in the UK. And, like, I mean... And it got, you know, got a number of awards. So Matt is saying that it actually sold better than Bethesda expected. So. Yeah. So uh, that's, that's a good sign. And it was yeah. critically received. And I'm of, not going to bet against Marcus on this one. Anymore. Okay. And uh, <laughs> let's face it, I just hope that they put a reference into Press Sneak Fox. Yeah. Uh, look up Press Sneak Fox. It was awesome. <laughs> um, and then we have Battle Cry. What do you think the percentage is that Prey shows up in E3? Oh, Prey 2. Um, I think it's a very outside... You know, if we get anything, it will be something along the lines of the first, you know, new Doom trailer, yeah. where it's like, you know, 15 seconds. Maybe, you know, maybe MC Hammer comes on and he's like, <laughs> pray. Uh, uh, which would be actually That was good. a good one. You know, you've got pray too if, you know, if you pre order it on Kickstarter. No, you've got pray two day. You know, you've got pray two. Pray two day. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> yes, Prey 2, we'll, if we get a teaser, that'll be interesting. We'll see. How I it would goes. give it a 10% chance. Okay. And that may even be generous that it yeah, that like ever I said, show up again. It's an, it's an outside chance, but um, it, it, would, it would be welcome. Yeah. It would be welcome. Any, any game would be welcome at this point that isn't a freaking remaster. Because this week there was like another like five remasters announced. Well, like, the last game on their list isn't, the, isn't a, uh, yeah, a remaster. Brand new game, Battle Cry. They showed it at E3 last year. Pretty much all multiplayer focused. It's, I think, 16 on 16. All pretty all online gameplay. The story behind it is like you're, it's set in this world where gunpowder is either it's either outlawed or they can't get a hold of it. So all the weapons are kind of like these contraption things that you use. It's very steampunk. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's you've got three fa three factions. They've announced um, that they're going to have a, it's going to have a huge presence at Bethesda's booth. They're going to have like tons of kiosks for people to play it. This game has really flown under the radar. We haven't it seen anything from it since E3. I had actually forgotten about this game. Well, it, I, in my opinion, it didn't show well at pre E3 last year. Yeah, uh, and I think they they, they also uh, you know they they understood that. But I mean, it was two years out. I mean, well, they built a studio in Austin just for this game. Like the studio is called Battle Cry Studios, so they, they they better deliver on the game. Yeah, um, it's look, uh, it's it's an interesting one. I mean, look, they're going after the, the Team Fortress. 
model, uh, free to play. Um, no, you know, we no nobody knows what the monetary, you know, what the monetary investment's going to be, you know, and how you buy pay a hat. Stuff. Do you buy hats? <laughs> do you buy, buy upgrades? But I mean, it is interesting. Um, I think I'm betting that you probably buy parts to construct new weapons with. That's my guess. Yeah, I don't know. I really don't know on that. I mean, it's it's a bold move taking guns away. Yeah. And, you know, focusing on melee in particular. I mean, I know there's an archer class in there. Um, but, yeah, the, I think um, jury's out on that one for me. Well, it, it has really to be. Is. We haven't seen squad of it, really, since last year. So, yeah. I mean, look, they could show it, and it could be completely improved and blow our minds. But there's a lot of competition for free-to-play shooters and free-to-play, not even, well, yeah, melee games too. Just free-to-play multiplayer games are, they're a dime a dozen right now. You really yeah. got to do something special to set yourself apart, even if it's free to get people to play. So, I don't know. We'll yeah. see how it goes. But I, I'm not too excited over Battlecry, but it does seem to be a big part of Bethesda's E3 plan. So, we'll see how that all shakes out. We shall see. Yep. Um, all right. So, yes, Bethesda. You've got three, to, oh, well, at least two titles. Hopefully, a Dishonored sequel as well. And After that conversation, you still think it's the best E3 lineup? I think so. Fallout 4, Doom 4, Dishonored sequel. That's. Um, Which may or may not be there. Well, yeah, a trio of heavy hitters. I mean, even you've got a duo of heavy hitters. I mean, let's face it, you, when you look at Fallout 4 and New Doom and you stack it up against what they've got at Warner Brothers. Oh, yeah. The, no doubt the they have a better lineup, lineup than Warner right. Brothers. So, when you stay, you well, I don't know, you got Batman and Warner Brothers. But I, again, I mean. Batman I'm surprised to see you starting to sour on Batman. By the well, way, I'm just you know again I'm on uh, I'm on overload. I mean again they released a bunch of videos today showing fucking um, Neil Patrick Harris playing da uh, the, the new Batman game. I like you know Neil Patrick Harris is a very charming, very funny individual, a talented actress actor. It's fucking Doogie Howser for God's sake. <laughs> I don't want to see him play the new Batman game. I want to fucking play the new Batman game. Stop with the trailers. I don't want to see new trailers week in, week out. Fuck off. Give me the game. Whoever's in charge of, you know, whichever marketing person, and unfortunately there are several dozen of them pepped throughout this industry. I have worked with at least one of them um, who decides to say, yes, more trailers, more trailers, more trailers. They should be taken out to a room tied to a chair have their eyes stapled open and be forced to watch every single trailer ad nauseum, ad infinitum for a fucking month. And I guarantee you we won't have to put up with the shenanigans again. We know the game's coming out. It's impossible to miss. Stop wasting our time. Do you think it will hurt its sales, though, having so many so many pieces of media released for well, it? Well, people are getting sick. I mean, just look at it. I mean, you go, get, There's fatigue, for you sure. get to a tipping point. You look at Watch Dogs. Yeah. Watch Dogs got a hefty delay. Ubisoft does that with every game, though. But, I mean, it got a hefty delay, and then it got hit, you know, and then it was like, after all, having all these fucking videos. And then we went to get more videos because there was the new delay, and it's like... Just so you look, it's Batman, it's coming, buy it. That's your fucking marketing strategy. <laughs> and that's why I was paying the big bucks. <laughs> um, yeah, so yes, Bethesda, I still think they have one of the strongest lines. Thank you very much. But let's talk about a presser that's already occurred. It occurred today. It occurred. <laughs> occurred. It occurred earlier today. Um, you know, when we didn't get, we're not going to give it any short rift. <laughs> a short shrift. Yes, indeed. Um, Oculus E3 presser today. Yeah. Um, a really long one too. 
Yeah, really long one. I mean, we saw, I saw bits and bobs because I was at Griffith Park Observatory today. I was looking up in the sky. In nature. Wonderful. And this is like stars and everything. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, we saw stuff. And uh, the big announcement, the, the, the one that is really going to push the Oculus Rift above and beyond anything else out there is the news that you can stream your Xbox One games to the Oculus Rift. And not only that, we saw a video, we saw the video presentation, which was totally mind-blowing. Can you get in the sarcasm, I'm hoping. Um, <laughs> that when you're streaming an Xbox One game, you are in, a, you say you're sitting on your couch. In it's your hard to even room. explain. Yeah, you're sitting on your couch in your living room in real life. You put your Oculus headset on, you've got your Xbox controller, you're streaming the game from your Xbox One to your controller. And what you see in the actual oculus -y thing is you sitting in a room looking at a big fucking screen. Yeah. It's, Genius! It's, it's fucking meta. I mean... It's beyond meta. I mean, I'm just... It's like... Seriously, it's like the Matrix. I mean, I'm just blown away by the originality. And, well, you know, to be clear, that's so... You can do like couch co-op with people who aren't actually there. That's the idea. Like in that virtual living room, somebody can be sitting next to you and you're playing with that person. So you're basically going to spend God knows how much money on an Oculus Rift. And, look, I and gonna, I'm really starting to wonder how much it is at I this point, by the way. I a big Rift supporter, but just so I can basically be at home and see a living room that isn't as nice as my living room, by the way. Yeah. Stream an Xbox game. So yeah. I mean, you know, Oculus Rift, which you thought PC, amazing high-end graphics and involved worlds. The lowest PC in a box you can actually get right now is Xbox One. So yeah, I'm going to stream those games into my very expensive headset so I can go over here and look at a fucking avatar of somebody like him. Yeah. <laughs> really? That's your killer app? Oh, actually, that's not the killer app, is it? The killer that's just app. one of the killer apps yeah. that they brought out today. What was the other killer app? Well, they actually, they announced a bunch of stuff today. They but announced... Let's get, let's get haptic. Haptic. Oh, the that's, touch. Yes, that's so, the buzzword. Anybody who's read Ready Player One will know what a haptic gloves and a haptic uh, bodysuit is. And so he said to me, they got this haptic touch. And I was like, really? Tell me more. And then he told me. Yeah, so it's just like these... Oh, they're almost like... I don't even know what to, how to explain what they look like. <laughs> they're like go, I mean, go, go look online. They're like the oval show. things that go around your fist, and they have analog sticks, analog triggers. They say it has like haptic-like feedback in them. Basically, it allows you to control virtual rea reality games without tying up your fingers and your hands as much. So you can still emote. You can wave in games or give the thumbs up or oh. flip the bird <laughs> or whatever. And look, go look for a picture of the, uh, of the touch because... Um, Looks like a cock ring. It actually yeah. looks like two cock rings <laughs> with a little sort of like nubbing stimulator type thing here. It's very Fifty Shades of Grey. So you put your hand in the two cock rings and you can go like that and you rub the ring and you can go. It's not even a fucking glove. I mean, seriously, put on a glove. Yeah, Let us well. pull on a glove. How cool would that be so we can have the, have the feedback? Well, I these mean, things do look pretty cool, I think, at least. <laughs> you don't think they look cool? Uh, they look like Fifty Shades of Grey cock rings. <laughs> I think they look pretty cool, but honestly, the really... Hey, if you're a Cochrane connoisseur, Shane, I am not going to judge you because this is the new millennium and you can do whatever you want. That's right. Thank God for that. Yeah. So one of the big stories, Insomniac developing a game exclusively for Oculus Rift. What's it called again? Edge of Nowhere. 
which is that where could, the Oculus Rift is going to go. That could be the name of any action the, movie or action game from the last 30 years. Well, you know, let's face it. I mean, the Oculus Rift will go to the edge of nowhere, given that they're, you know, the guy who's in charge of their games division, Mr. Couldn't Find His Own Ass with a Map. Jason Rubin is yeah. the head of their games division at Oculus. Friend Obviously, gamer. calling in some favors with old colleagues of his here with Insomniac. How the hell has he got any favors left to call in? Well, he, guy, he worked hand in hand with Insomniac for a long time while he was at Naughty Dog. And the guy has a gaming equivalent of a black thumb. <laughs> I mean, seriously, he puts his mark on you, and you shrivel and die. <laughs> so yeah, there is that game coming from Insomniac. But honestly, I think the biggest story of the whole press conference was basically Microsoft working with Oculus with and getting Xbox One involved with Oculus. Period. Because. That's kind of the big X factor. Microsoft doesn't really have its own VR platform other than HoloLens, and that may not be coming for a long time, and it's probably going to be really expensive. And so a lot of people thought that they were being left behind and getting lapped by Morpheus and all these other headsets. Turns out they've actually been working with Oculus for quite a while mm -hmm. on this whole project. And so it's kind of integrated in with Xbox One. Not a ton of details about it yet, but Oculus is... Every Oculus has an Xbox One controller packed in with it, and that's a pretty big deal. It's kind of putting their stamp on the Oculus, and obviously, you know, big PC stuff coming for E3 with Microsoft, which we'll talk about in a little bit, and it all kind of ties together. And that's the only thing I'm interested in with Oculus. I'm sorry. And look, it's a smart move. I mean, we've been saying for a while Microsoft doesn't have a you know, a, a, a horse in the, the VR race and HoloLens looks interesting, but it's very minority report and that's about it. And it could be a long ways away. Yeah, um, so smart move for them to partner up. Um, you know, I certainly look forward to getting on my Xbox One, activating the Facebook app and using the touch to poke people. Yeah. Um, not really. Uh, but for me, uh, what I want to see from, what I wanted to see from Oculus today was the PC stuff. What I wanted to see was a price. They held up the rift, yeah. and it still looks like a, a rejected idea for Cyclops' visors from the X-Men movies. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, we're not going to get it. Ideally, this will be what we have eventually, and the lenses come down. We're in VR world, and it's wonderful. So you understand, it's got to be a bit beefy and chunky. Um, but there was, you know, of the games that we saw, showed Eve Valkyrie again. Yeah, Eve Valkyrie, which looks um, great, but they've, we've just seen it so many times. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Where where's is, the software? Where's the software? I mean, and this is the thing: Are we going to get Oculus Rift friendly versions of Xbox One games on the PC? Yeah. Are micro is Microsoft finally going to pull its head out of its asshole and remember that PC games actually matter? And this could be a big thing to reboot PC games. From their perspective, by putting games like a you know Halo Five comes to PC next year and it's Oculus Rift enabled. Yeah, I mean you know I it doesn't matter that I can plug my Rift into an Xbox One and sit in a virtual fucking front lounge on a virtual couch. What will matter is if I get a version of Halo or Gears of War or whatever and I'm in that environment. Yeah. That's what is going to help push PC games back to number, you know, back, you know, back into everybody's, uh, app, you know, um, mindset, if you will. That's what's going to help Microsoft in the long run. It's certainly going to help Oculus. But this, this is the key, you know, this is the key, and that's what I want to see. But I don't think we'll see that from E3. No, I don't either. Because it's the Xbox press conference. Yeah. It's not the Microsoft press conference. Well, I don't know. No. My, honestly, my biggest concern and we'll close the Oculus topic with this, is that is the price. Because 
a few weeks ago they came out and they said, okay, all in price, $1,500. And they're like, that includes the PC that you need to run it plus the Oculus. And I was like, that already seemed a little high to me. I was like, oh, okay, like that seems crazy. Well, then this week they put out the minimum specs for Oculus and they were like really conservative and low. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, those minimum specs, I could build a PC that would do that for probably like $600. I'm not even exaggerating. Like literally case, fan, pro- everything. Mm-hmm. Like six, 700 bucks max. Oh, I think those specs I So could they're run, saying $1,500 worth, that's $800 hole right there. Like how much is this thing gonna cost? Yeah, we'll, we'll see how this one, this one goes. But I mean, those specs, I could probably run that on my uh, razor blade. Yeah. Very, oh, you definitely very could. Easily. Oh, no problem at all. No problem at all. And look, it's not going to be the ideal situation for Oculus. But if you're telling me I can run it on these specs and you're telling me $1,500 to get in with Oculus, there's a huge divide. There. And this is the thing. I mean, what was the de- how much was the dev kit? Six hundred bucks? Three hundred? You know, yeah, was, I think it was five hundred, yeah, some five fifty or something. So the dev kit would have to be more expensive than the retail version. Yeah. Or otherwise, this is a dead. Oh, it would be totally dead. Dead in the dead. water. <laughs> I mean, we're talking Wii U level dead. So Oculus actually transitions very well into the next topic, which is Microsoft. We've waited all this time to finally talk about Microsoft at E3, and it's and you were just saying, you know, it's the Xbox press conference, but I don't really think it is. I think that this press conference is going to have a lot to do with the PC and Windows 10 and DirectX 12. I, I think, think it's going to have a thing, huge focus. The only thing, dear Shane, I l- I'm holding his hand here because oh, your hands are cold. My hands Seriously. are always freezing in oh here. God. <laughs> um, so the only thing it'll have is that you can stream shit to your PC. No. I'm telling you, that's as far as it goes because no. Microsoft. And look, I'd love to be proven wrong. I would love to be sitting there on Monday morning, scratching my balls in my pants, and Microsoft say, "Well, we're going to do X, Y, and Z, and there's going to be cross-platform gaming, and everything we bring out for the Xbox One, we're going to bring out for the PC, and it's going to be this whole brave new world of synergistic gaming across two platforms that have built us." But they won't. I think there's going to be some PC, Windows 10, DirectX 12 focus in their presser. Now, it'll basically be, this is a PC. It's running Windows 10 and DirectX 12. You can stream your Xbox games to this. Now, let's go back and look at Fable Legends. I wouldn't be surprised if they did something where they almost do like a split screen comparison and say, okay, here's Xbox One at launch. Now, here's that same game running on Xbox One on Windows 10 DirectX 12. Almost like a comparison video like we started at Game Trailers that everybody does now. But And then some wise ass will do a comparison video and it's like, and here's the same game running on a PC. Yeah. <laughs> that destroyed it. Now, the caveat here is that Microsoft is, well, Phil Spencer is going to be at the PC press conference, which I still can't really completely wrap my head around. It's a PC press conference? Yeah, PC Gamer's doing like its own like PC press... How did you not know about this? Because I'm... I've been Dude, off- it's three hours long. Oh, shit. <laughs> Let's face it, it's not the PC Gamer that I knew and loved. 
No, that no. PC Gamer is great, man. Look, I look at everybody's content because that's what Sifted does. Like we sift no, everything. I know, I their know. content just, I mean, is great. Like their know, writers are great. Their features I'm sure, are amazing. I'm, I'm sure it's just it wasn't. It's not my PC. Look, I you know as a PR rep, it was Rob Smith, it was oh, Brad sure, Biedemann, sure, Dan right. Morris, it was Logan Decker, it was Kristen Salvatore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those guys are immortal in no, my but book. There's still so many journalists. A thing or three, but I'm glad they're to still hear good. The PC Gamer is still kicking ass. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just, I've been offline the last week. I've had an old friend in town, and we've been, you know, off doing touristy things in Maine drinking. For the millionth time. That's the thing about living in L.A. People always come to visit you, but after, like, the fourth person comes, you've done everything in Los Angeles. And after that, you just repeat it over and over. Go to Universal Studios tomorrow. Yeah, That's why you drink, because that's one thing you can do that doesn't feel the same every time. Well, I haven't been to Universal Studios in several years, so I'm looking forward to going to Simpsons, the Simpsons land. There you go. That'd be awesome. So So let's start moving through. We've got a bunch of stuff to talk about with Microsoft here. Actually, not as much as I thought. When I was preparing for this show, honestly, before even E3 even came, just anecdotally, I was thinking to myself, you know what? Microsoft is going to have a really good lineup at this E3. I just, for some reason, I really just... I don't know why. I just I'm, assume... the one who, I'm the one who's purposely been offline, and yet you're the one with the re- disconnect from reality. Yeah, I. but now that I had to prepare for this show and put all the stuff together for this show, and we've got I'm this not l- so sure. We've got a list that actually would be impressive if it was accurate. Yeah. But unfortunately, <laughs> we know these games are coming. They're just not coming to E3. Yeah, so that's Microsoft a... saving them for Tokyo Game Show, apparently. Yeah. So we, we just found out today, you're, you're hurt by this. No Crackdown at E3. No Crackdown 3. Fail. Fail, Phil Spencer, Harrison. That is a big fail. That is. Why would... Epic fail. I mean, all I can figure is that they must have something... A lot of huge things coming to the show that we don't know about already. Unless they get to the the, the conference and it'll be, oh, one last thing. And they reveal it and it's coming out this year. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand. They debuted Crackdown at E3 last year with the trailer. Got pretty people pretty excited. It got me excited. I mean, I love Crackdown. Crackdown 2 was abysmal, but look at that. It looks like the old school Crackdown 1, but on steroids and all shiny and everything. And it's going to be fantastic. I actually don't care about Crackdown That's at all. That's because you're a philistine. It came out whenever we were working at G4. I remember Kevin Pereira, like, loved that game. He would come into work every day and be like, I played Crackdown last night for, like, nine hours. I'm never getting sick of it. I played it for like an hour, and I was like, I don't care about this it's game at all. Awesome! And look, the beauty of the last Saints Row game is that, and the second really, one was really bad. Oh, Crackdown Two was a, was uh, basically uh, an abortion. Uh, it was a disgusting game. So, what um, makes you think that this third one's going to be because it's great? not done by the people who did Crackdown Two? Uh, I, I just mean, think the formula is kind of whatever. Well, look, the formula is fun. I mean, the, the bar they have to raise is that the last Saints Row game introduced the power orbs and this yeah. uh, this virtual world. But, I mean, Crackdown itself, you know, it gave you the suit. It was one of the best superhero games that didn't have superheroes. You were super-powered. You were running up the side of a building. You were doing these huge power jumps. You were picking up cars and throwing them. You were doing insane loop-the-loops in cars. And, you know, there was... I don't think I, I don't weaponry. think I can get past the jank. That's what it was. It was just too janky for me. I just felt like the controls were too loose. And nah, for the, for the first one, first one was an underrated classic. And look, I bought it because I wanted to get the Halo beta, and I yeah. ended up playing that more than the Halo beta. So, yeah. uh, but there is no crack. I mean, Not look, coming. he's driving a, a truck, a semi truck. <laughs> I mean, it's like the Fast and the, the Furious super. <laughs> future type thing and now he's just going to shoot the truck and it's going to explode he's going to take down the building and I mean let's face it that is more entertaining than Call of Battlefield Duty 
fucking Mario <laughs> World 1926. <laughs> Look at it! And it's all neon and pretty, and it's going oh, to be... No. But we're not going to see it. It's not going to be there. It's the other thing, the other game that's not going to be there, it was just announced today, was Scale is Scalebound, which is a platinum game, basically the team that does Bayonetta, games like that. Not going to be there. Although they are saying that Platinum is debuting a brand new game at the show. They're just not bringing... Bayonetta 3. They're just not bringing Scalebound, which was shown at last year's E3. Yeah. It, so... They, and we know Quantum... Look, Quantum and we already Quantum, knew Quantum Break wasn't Quantum coming. Quantum Break, I mean, that, when that actually hits the, my fucking system, that's when I believe it's coming. No, it's coming. <laughs> yeah, so's Christmas. Well, they, they said it's going to be at Gamescom. They're a European developer. They, Why hold this shit back for Gamescom? I mean, this is the... Gamescom is getting bigger, man. No, it's, Gamescom is, is big, but this goes back to that problem we had with E3 last year where the ESA needs to get their ass in gear because, let's face it, E3, like, you know, it was supposed to be the preeminent trade show for video games and it is being usurped by gamescom because gamescom are getting a lot of things right well they're letting fans in on fan days right you have media days you have fan days you don't have a bunch of stupid ass press conferences bollocksing up the start of your uh, of, of your your show no they have press conferences but there. not like you know interfering with you know what the you know what, what you actually get to they do don't have the it like on the day of the show like exactly <laughs> where they wait to open the show floor for these last couple press conferences to finish it is a little odd exactly i mean look they they are teutonic in their efficiency god bless the germans love them <laughs> um although <laughs> unlucky loss against the u.s national team yesterday 2-1 yeah. Booyah! Yeah. Uh, anyway, yes, I digress. But yeah, um, the ESA need to get the thumb out of their ass regards to that. So, so we talked about games that aren't coming. Let's talk about games that are coming. Halo 5, obviously a huge deal. It'll be their big game of the show. I don't know if it'll be anybody else's big game of the show. Game Informer this week unveiled a bunch of new information about the campaign and how it all works. Um, they have the exclusive on all the Halo stuff for this but month. Is multiplayer working? Yeah, will multiplayer, will multiplayer work? work or will in six months' time they be canceling multiplayer tournaments? They like haven't they published the, the uh, online portion of their There coverage. is no online. <laughs> you have to wow. buy an Oculus. That's it. The online only works if you buy Oculus Rift. Yeah, that would be insane. But, I mean, look, this is a no-brainer. We know it's going to be a big story. Um, hopefully it's a, it's a big story for all the right reasons and not any of the wrong reasons. But it would take a pretty monumental screw-up for 343 to mess up Halo 5 showing at E3. But... After yep. Master Chief Collection, anything is possible. <laughs> yes. Indeed. So we have the Gears of War game that's being developed by, well, they were called Black Tusk. They just changed their name. But that should be shown for the first time. I'm pretty excited about that. I'm hoping that they return it to its roots because I felt like ever since that Mad World trailer that yeah. they for, for Gears 2, I think it was... I felt like the series just got a little soft after that. Like it sort of climbed up its own asshole. Yeah, and died. the I, first game was like this unflinching, like crazy, violent, gritty, like type of game. Two, Gears Two was the sweet spot for me. Yeah, I mean, I it, think it, it, it it had the violence, but it had the accessibility, and it had, I think, a better story. It's the better game. I I'll agree with you a thousand percent. Of all the Gears games, it it's is the best. The sweet spot. I, I agree with that, but I, think I they still. Can like the theme and the style of the first one better. Like because you're a man. No, I just you want to grill and chop things up. With there was just something very visceral about that game. Like it just they captured visceral and whatever that is. Like they just nailed it. And I felt like it just got softer and softer as it went on. And like there's all these no sappy cutscenes. Eventually, it showed like 
I like that a lot of times I hate games that are all like meathead games, but like Gears was unapologetically meathead. Like it was just like this is what we are, this is what we do, and this is what this game is. And but I love it. You can't do that in games now. Yeah, I know. You, you have, have to have touch. like <laughs> we can't touch somebody. Yeah. Um, You're absolutely right. Like yeah. that is. <laughs> and look, you know, you'll get to revisit that because the somebody will be collection. like, I can't believe how violent this game. Where there's oh, not enough women in this gonna, game. We're going to get to that one at the end. <laughs> um, we are the Gears of War Collection remaster, yeah. where they're remastering the Gears of War, so you get to play Gears Two and Gears One, and have your meathead moments on your Xbox One. I may be more excited for that actually if they if they keep uh, the new Gears tame like they have with the last couple. But yeah, that's coming. I'm sure they'll. Sh- I don't even know. If, do you show that at the press conference? Do you show the Gears remaster? I'm sure they will use the Gears remaster to tease the new game. And yeah, it's like the, maybe the it's like a Trojan you horse know, or something. Taking you back to... You and know, then it like morphs from that game yeah. into like the yeah. new one. <laughs> they'll, have, they'll have the Michael Jackson song. Do you remember the time? Yeah. I took a chainsaw up your ass. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, look, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Fable Legends. Right. That game's development cycle's been like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, um, it isn't, no, if it isn't Lionhead, and it isn't Stephen Fry. And Free to play. Doesn't have that. Asymmetric multiplayer where you can play as the bad guy trying to stop the good guys. That's like the whole kind of theme of the game. I mean, I... It's hard to get excited over it. It's, it's taken too long to come out. I mean, it will be free to play, so everyone's going to be able to jump in and go at it. Gives a shit. If it's not I good, it doesn't want... matter if it's free, right? I mean, that's the thing. I, I would like to see uh, a, a, a true, true fable for that, that keeps its inherent Britishness, and that you know it is a quintessentially you know almost uh, Monty Python meets Charles Dickens kind of world. You might get it because I mean we're ready to see Lionhead's next game. Well, we Molyneux should. Free Lionhead's next Molyneux game. Molyneux Free, so that's actually the game might actually ship um, <laughs> on time, and it might actually have the, everything in it that they talk promised, about. <laughs> yes, um, and the first thing you do, you 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 start the game, and your character appears at the grave of Milo. Um, <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, but uh, and Molyneux comes out from behind a curtain. <laughs> I do like the idea of being you know being able to play the bad guy. Uh, I just don't want to play against human beings because I fucking hate them. <laughs> But we look. We should be. We should see Lionhead's new game. At least a trailer. I doubt we'll see a demo or anything like that. But we should at least find out what Lionhead's next game is, yeah. or if they've just dissolved them all together at this point. Who knows? Fable Legends. And then we've got Forza Motorsport Six, which had been announced at like the Detroit Auto Show or something, but. It leaked out, like, Xbox Japan's website accidentally posted, like, a bunch of media from it before it was supposed to. I have to. anecdotal evidence. Um, I was on the train last week coming home. Two guys get on the train to Culver City, and they were talking, and one of them's like, yeah, I just finished this, uh, this cinematic for, a, uh, for the new Forza game. <laughs> and my ears went, oh? <laughs> oh, really? And then I remembered it was Forza, and I fell back asleep. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, they, they, they accidentally leaked a bunch of stuff on Xbox japan's website but it wasn't even they were really showing the game xbox have a japanese website i mean that is the definition of uh, somebody's got to take care of all ten thousand customers i mean seriously (laughs) that is about as useful as putting a condom machine in the vatican i mean that is optimistic in the extreme god bless you xbox japan i mean they are trying but it's probably three guys in a basement in Akihabara. And, uh, well, I'm actually guessing they're probably sitting in a tower in Shibuya 
that's that's really posh and really nice, collecting really insane checks to do I nothing. I don't think so. I think they may be in the Microsoft Tower in Japan or the campus, but I think they're in a Closet. janitor's <laughs> shed behind the sprinkler controls. Yeah. And they, you know, they, they get trotted out every now and again and get patted on the head for their selfless, thankless work. Yeah. Bless them. Can't well, bless a, you, it Japan. It can't be a fun job working for Xbox Japan right now, that's for I sure. Mean, it's, let's face it, it's the, you know, it's the equivalent of pissing into a windstorm. Do we need another Forza, Marcus? Like, ever in this generation. Like, no, we don't need another Forza this One generation. One of my best friends is a, is a producer turned 10, so I'm going to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I don't need one. I mean, I didn't need, ever need a Forza anyway. I mean, look, um, yeah. I mean, to me, it's like you build a driving simulation. That's it. For that generation, you've got it. You just... Do it's we, just DLC after that. Do we need a Gran Turismo? Do we need? I mean, they're just like sports games. Like you yeah. really, you just make sure you build a really good one out of the gate the first couple years that the console's on the market, and then you just add to it as it goes on. Like release packs, like new yeah. car packs, new track packs, whatever. Like I mean, I don't know. They haven't shown much of this Forza. I'm sure when they do show it, I'll be like, if you put it side by side with Forza Five, I'd probably have no way of telling you which was which. Yeah. So. That's not gonna. That game is not gonna raise anyone's temperature levels. Watching Microsoft's E3 it's press conference, it's not gonna get your motor running. With yeah, with all due respect to Turn Ten, and they do do great work, and their games are great, but it's just not a hype generating game. It's not for us. It's not our cup of tea. Well, I wouldn't say it's not for us. We like driving, and yeah, I, I like, like dri- racing games. I like driving. I'm just I, burned out I mean, on driving sims that come out every year. And let's now. not even talk about burnout. Yeah. Yeah. Let's uh, not. <laughs> that makes me sad. Uh, next up, we have we have something that the yeah. Return of the Kings. Uh, the Emperor's New Clothes, more like. Yeah, you're probably right. It's yeah. rare. Rare is bringing a new game to E3, and it's not a Connect-based game. It's a le- legit. At least I hope not. <laughs> it's like a proper game on a proper system that leaves like a proper fucking. It actually control uses pad. a controller. Yeah. Yeah, but it's only going to be streaming on Oculus Rift. So seriously, how fucking sad would you be if you were rare? You're like, yes, we're gonna do, finally do a game after the fucking Connect debacles over the years. We're gonna do a great game, and Phil Spencer walks in and says, "Guys, your game only works with Oculus Rift." <laughs> Boom. No, it could very well happen. Actually, it yeah. could very well happen. It seems like he they tend to put rare on special projects like that. I don't think it will, but it could. A special bus, more like. Yeah. Uh, I, feel I mean, look, sorry for them. As far as what it could be, Battletoads has been tossed around a ton. I honestly don't see how that series is relevant anymore. Like, I know they've been ba- like... Battletoads, if you're going to do Battletoads, you do it as an Xbox Live uh, you know, game, and you put it out for 15 bucks, and it's fully retro, and it's just daft as fuck. That isn't what you put Rare's talents towards. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. If you're going They have to... a lot of IP just sitting there, just getting dusty. I mean, there's a lot of series they could revive, but I prefer, would prefer a new, it would be nice. new IP. It would be nice if they come with a new IP that isn't dependent on a bunch of shitty gimmicks. You know what I think it's going to be, though? Conker's Bad Fur Toad. No, no. I think it's going to be a perfect dark. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, you know, it would be nice to see Miss Dark come back. Uh, it would nice be nice to see the you know she's not the version who appeared on Xbox 360. Yeah, because that was horrible. It really was. Yeah. But you know, if they have been fiddling and futzing and they have a whole great new story, I could be I could get behind some perfect dark action. Other IPs, I just feel like that's the one that's the most easily relevant now. Perfect dark HD remaster. All right. Well, they kind of did that already, actually. But I think they'll do it again for this generation. <laughs> 
That, again, wouldn't surprise me with all the HD remasters that are going down right now. Somebody just said new Viva Pinata. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you sick, sick bastards. Uh, I think Rare would be okay with making a new Viva Nolan Pinata. Nolan Elric, you sick boy. Yeah. That's just I would name. not be I loved Viva Pinata, both of them, but I would not be okay if the new game was another Viva Pinata. That's like saying the high point of, uh, you know, the, Sony have signed Kojima to do Parappa the Rapper. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> chop, chop. Oh, kill, kill, snark, snark. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, pretty good. Shit. Last thing, last couple things to talk about, mm-hmm. really, as far as things that are known, is Hololens, which we mentioned a little bit earlier. I don't expect to have that to have a big presence. Maybe they do like a quick demo and show how it links in with their games, so that people don't completely forget that it exists. Tom Cruise is going to Mission Impossible onto the stage and he's going to go, Xbox on and Connect's going to work. <laughs> That's going to be the first thing. And then it's going to boot up with your HoloLens and it's going to create this wall around you. And you're going to be able to do this, this, and this with the, and smash a pinata. And then he's going to write a black <laughs> off. Smash and, a pinata. And, it's got, and, and that's it. And then they say, HoloLens coming soon. Uh, and actually, I think, look, the HoloLens is it's suspicious that they're pimping all this now. And there is a Minority Report TV show happening there is, this, yeah. later this year. I smell a crossover. That's yeah. what it is. Talk about a, your marketing right yeah. there. It is. <laughs> but uh, HoloLens, look, I mean, people have said it's really cool. Yeah, it is cool. But it's... Really expensive, and it's still a long ways away. Plus, will I be able to get prescription yeah. HoloLens? Probably not. Matt, will you be able to get prescription? I mean, I highly doubt it. <laughs> highly, highly doubt it that they'll be able to do that. And I mean, the headset's probably going to cost eight hundred dollars. I'm thinking like that's expensive for a pair of fucking glasses. Hell yeah. Do they do they go like this and they go X-ray and you can see through people's clothes? Yeah. That would, that would help it sell. But I think that's sell. also why they've kind of thrown their hat in the ring with Oculus a little bit. One, because I think they know it's not going to be ready for a while. And two, I think they know when it is ready, it's going to be way too expensive for the average consumer. At least the average gamer, anyway, would probably rather buy 10 new games than buy <laughs> HoloLens. So They'll bundle I don't expect, the HoloLens with the Kinect. I don't expect to see... free with, like, boxes of Cheerios. Yeah, I don't expect to see a ton of HoloLens, but... I do expect to see some PC, Windows 10, DirectX 12 stuff, crossover stuff, how they're going to work. I mean, they've already been touting it all year. At GDC, he did that huge presentation about how the PC and Xbox One are going to start kind of cross-pollinating with each other. I don't want that shitty PC in a box pollinating with my fucking razor blade. Thank you. Leave my razor blade alone. <laughs> my razor blade's doing perfectly well without you, without your Xbox One fucking interfering with it. I like my Xbox One. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. But... I know, look, I know, look, it's the least used of the consoles in my house. And, and obviously, I don't count the Wii U in that. Yeah. Because that's just... Do you have a Wii U? I do. You do. <laughs> I have a Wii U. I, didn't I tell you the story that... Um, Did they send you one? Uh, they sent for me one. For NBC they when you were working at NBC? They sent one for NBC. Yeah. Um, and I actually, you know, I hadn't got a game for it in a while, so I went out and bought, uh, was it Mario Galaxy 2 or whatever it was that came out? Super Mario 3D World. Yeah. The, that came out just, uh, not last Christmas, the Christmas before. Yeah. And I went to boot up my Wii U, and I found that the kitten that we'd had for three months, he went through a chewing phase about a month in and then stopped. And he chewed through one of the Wii U cables. Uh. And so for at least two months, I hadn't even realized that the Wii U wasn't working. Uh. (laughs) 
and I still can't blame you really. And I still haven't replaced those cables. Yeah, I mean, they're a let's pain. Face they're it. expensive to replace. So. Yeah, and so. you haven't missed a whole lot on the platform since then. It's I not know. like you're a big Smash Brothers guy. But I, look, I don't begrudge anybody having fun with their Wii yeah. U. I just wish they had more options so they could have more fun. Yeah, because that's the sort of caring person I am. So that's pretty much it for Microsoft at E3. That's what I'm saying. Like this lineup is like. This is their chance, too. Like, they're making their Bethesda's move right now. Bethesda's looking pretty good right now. I still don't know if I'd say Bethesda's lineup is better than that, but Oh, it's I close. would. Well, of course you would. You love Fallout. I do. Yeah. Game of the year already. <laughs> Before I ever even see it with my own two eyes. I saw the trailer. That's enough. But this, that's it, the way it works nowadays. I'm going to start my own YouTube channel, channel where Bethesda pay me $500 million so I can go, It's a Fallout 3, 4, 5, yay! I think this is the biggest E3 in Xbox history, in all honesty. Except for maybe the first one where they were like, hey, we're making consoles now. This is a big E3 for Microsoft because they have momentum right now. They actually beat Sony last month. But this month, Sony's back on top. Yeah, I mean... That, 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 where that came to a boom, halt. Um, but look, I thought Microsoft did very well last E3. That was probably their biggest E3 in a very long time for me because... It was their they, best performance at E3 in a long time. Because the year before... It was the exact opposite. Yeah, stunk. <laughs> I mean, the, oh, you could smell Galen Center from where I lived in, well, I live in Altadena. Um, but this, uh, last year, they came back. They, you know, they had a killer lineup. So I think last year was their most important. This one, they have to build on that. They have to continue. They have to hit that level. And it's not necessarily their biggest and most important, but it's important that they maintain it. And if they come again with a bunch of stuff that's, you know, we know what's not going to be there, so we'll focus on what's there. And they come out with a bunch of cool stuff again that gets us thinking, wow, there's some good stuff. And wow, some of it's coming this year. And wow, some of it's actually going to fucking work. Then we are actually going to be in a, in a really, really good place. See, that's um, what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that Microsoft does have aces up its sleeve because there's no way they would not show these three games at E3 unless they had stuff to replace it. And I think that Microsoft is going to pull off some surprises at its press conference. They're going to bring Reggie. They have to. Otherwise, it's going to last 20 minutes. They're going to just to go, yeah, <laughs> Otherwise, If they have to. Otherwise, with these games, the presser will last 20 freaking minutes. It's like... Well, no, of course, we obviously need to... You know, to talk about the one terabyte Xbox One. and Yeah, you know, they'll have third-party stuff. Although although Call of Duty may actually be demoed at the Sony presser this year because mm-hmm. there's been a whole changing of the guard with the marketing for that game. And like I know it. you don't care about it, but that's a big deal, Marcus. It's, no, it's, it's a big deal for people. I mean, last year it was Destiny. Uh, was was a uh, PS4. Uh, you know, predominantly that's how it was pushed. Yeah. And Call of Duty's Xbox One. I mean, I personally would love to see how, you know, be able to just fast forward that part of the press <laughs> conference because again, I don't need to see it and then see it again at the Activision presser later. So we'll see you know, FIFA and we'll see Battle uh, Battlefront and we'll see Call of Duty and we'll see Assassin's Creed and we'll see Watch uh, Watch Dogs Two and whatever. I mean, let's face it. I think the one that we will see, and I will be very surprised if this one goes to Sony, is Fallout Four. Do you think you'll see that at Microsoft instead of Sony's? Um, Fallout Three was a integral part of the xbox 360 presentation the first oh for sure that first time yeah. and that was i mean i wasn't really that au fait with the uh, you know the, the the fallout world then i mean i knew that they'd been the turn-based strategy games 
But then I watched, you know, where, you know, they showed the guy walking through the, you know, uh, walking along the highway. He goes up on top of a bridge and you see a super mutant in the distance. And I'll always fires, remember that trailer. Yeah, always. fires the gun and the bullet goes out. You have to go into bats yeah. and fucking head explodes. Yeah. And it was like, from that moment on, I was like, I don't know much about this Fallout game, but I'm going to make it my fucking business. <laughs> yeah. And I think that Fallout, obviously... You know, on Xbox 360, Fallout, despite being buggy and ditto Fallout New Vegas, there was, a, you know, they made each other because on the Sony platforms, Fallout was atrocious. Yeah. And, and I mean, it would be a major surprise unless Sony's gone and said, come here, come and show them how awesome Fallout is. Because yeah. it would behoove Bethesda to be awesome on both of the lesser systems. Well, look, they lined PCs each other's pockets last gen, but look... Call of Duty and Xbox 360 lined each other's pockets too, and now there's yeah. rumblings that it's going to be in Sony's presser. So you know, it's a and what so have Sony, you done for me lately? Sony industry. have Sony have more money, uh, more more sales, you know, more systems out there. Yeah. Um. I mean, let's face it. You know, we are talking about a game in Fallout 4 that I will play on PC. There, yeah, and there really is no loyalty in this industry. Like they don't really care about that crap. Well, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it's. Yeah, nobody's loyal to anybody. Microsoft aren't loyal to, uh, loyal to their third parties. Third parties aren't loyal, loyal to Sony. It's the biggest checkbook. Uh, and that's the way... Yep. So, I don't know. I'm pretty... Yeah. I'm not all that excited for Microsoft's press conference, to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, I think there's going to be some cool surprises, but I don't know. Right now, the line's looking a little thin to me. Hence the fact that I'm not that excited about E3. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously, this list looks pretty thin. WB looks pretty thin. Nintendo's not my cup of tea. Uh, Sony, you know, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. EA. EA's got uh, a good lineup. EA has got an, 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 a lineup with potential. Yeah. But it's more about what we're hoping to see than what we know we're going to see. Yeah. Couldn't care. You know, look, Battlefront, the fact that it's down to 16 players is a major issue for me. I mean, you know, if I want to be part of a fucking full-scale Imperial invasion... Battle of Hoth. Yeah, Battle of Hoth, Battle of Endor. It wasn't like, well, yes, I'm the Imperial <laughs> governor for Endor, and I can only spare um, 16, 16 soldiers. Because yeah. the rebels will only send 16 soldiers too, so, yeah. That'll be fine, won't it, Emperor? Yeah. yeah. All right, it's time to move on to number six. Number six, yes, indeed. The E3 Dark Horse Candidates. Yep. So this is where we pick games that are flying under the radar that we think might have a big impact at the show. I'll start first, Marcus. Go on, then. One of my Dark Horse Candidates for E3 is a game called Adrift. Okay. I've, I, I've actually I, I've heard about this. When was that? When did I hear about this? Oh, actually, just before the show started when you told me about it. Yeah. So Adrift is a first-person action-adventure game. I mean, it's probably more heavy on the adventure than the action. It's kind of basically Gravity, the video game. It, there's Bullock. probably going to be Sandra Bullock DLC and, like... With a cute perky nose. Yeah. Clutching a Roscoe. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but the game is uh, real heavy on the a on atmosphere. It's uh, you know obviously it gives you that sense of isolation. What are you laughing about, Matt? Heavy on atmospheres. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah. Uh, Shane made it funny. And he didn't know. I didn't it. even know it. What formats is on? How did a leaf get in space? By the way, there's just a leaf that floated by there. Um, well, I'm guessing they were doing some experiments with to see how leaves fall in zero. Trying G. to create oxygen. Yeah. yeah. So 
So yeah, basically you're marooned on this station that's broken apart and you have to survive. And it's also a game for VR. I think it's coming to pretty much all the VR headsets. I have seen this trailer. This is definitely Gravatar, isn't it? Yeah, it gives me, uh, it also gives me like a kind of a Metroid vibe as far as like you being out there by yourself in, in space trying to sort things out. Um, some previews popped up this week that were all very favorable. Um, it's an indie game, and that tends to like do well with the press these days. So I have a feeling that when coming out of E3, this might be one of the games that is mentioned in a lot of lists. I think this might be one of the games that comes out of E3 that's totally overrated. It looks, it looks great, but it's like slow motion mist. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, I mean, look, it, lo it looks fantastic, but I mean, I, I was one of those people who hated Gravity. The movie? The movie. I hate Gravity in general. I mean, look, you know, it would be nice if I could soar through the clouds. But yes, um, the idea, that just that whole Sandra Bullock. You didn't um, enjoy the movie at all? Oh, bored me fucking Really? I actually, sideways. I enjoyed it. I didn't think that it was like Oscar-worthy or anything. but perky-ass ending as well. I wanted her to explode in deep space. When you said perky, I thought of something completely different. <laughs> Um, okay, so my, just a game, it's not necessarily a dark horse. Um, oh, look, my phone's going off in the background. There you go. You can hear my Doctor Who theme tune ringtone. Sorry about that. I put my phone on charge and I can't run to it right now. So enjoy this, this rendition of the Doctor Who theme tune brought to you by my Android phone. <laughs> It's really long, too, Marcus. There you go. It's gone. Sorry about that. So, yes, um, it's a game I'm... Look, look, and this is a guilty pleasure game. And we all have our little guilty pleasures. It probably won't win any awards other than for the trailers, which are always fantastic. Um, but it's um, Dead Island 2. Yeah. Um, and Dead Island 2, you know, 2 came out, you know, it's sort of like it's been delayed. But again, I mean, this trailer alone was just so... It's freaking. great. It's All their trailers for these games are great. They're I mean, incredible. Just... <laughs> and everybody will say, oh, well, the game was a buggy mess, first Dead Island trailer. It's and true. It did have some buggy issues, but, I mean, again, I played it on PC more than anything. Didn't have many major issues. It was very atmospheric and very creepy. Um, and the fact that it's coming to Southern California or all the way around California this time. I'm looking forward to seeing what the developers are doing. Um, Dying Light did very well this year, and it'll be interesting to see how... Um, is there zombie fatigue? Well, you know, well, no, no, this but, uh, game was just delayed, by the way. Uh, well, we After know, yeah. being in development for a long time already. I know it was delayed, but I mean, um, the Dying Light... That sends up some red flags. Tech, well, Techland, who did uh, Dying Light, also did the first Dead Island. Yeah. So, new development team, way more ambitious. You're not looking at one island. Now you're looking at a whole segment of the, of, uh, the, you know, the West Coast. Um, so, yes... I think it's going to be, you know, it would be nice to see it. I hope I get to see it. And I hope that they get to, to have some, you know, fun with it. Because that, that's the other thing. I don't think it's going to be at E3, Marcus. I, I, well, I mean, you know, they've got Mighty Number no. 9, but what else have they got? Yeah, not much. And they just got Mighty Number no. 9. They just signed it, like, yeah. within the last few weeks. So before that, they didn't have really anything. But I honestly would be really surprised... If we saw anything, even, I'd even be surprised if we saw a trailer, but if we got an actual like gameplay demo or it was on the show floor in a booth, I would be shocked. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I obviously went to their booth last year or their meeting rooms and I, I saw the gameplay demo that they, they showed uh -huh. and we weren't allowed to play it. It was a guided demo. It was a vertical slice, so you take that with several large pin pinches of salt. But again, it just looked, I mean, it didn't 
you know, it looked like it, it, it was a good 18 months off. Yeah. So I always thought that the release date was always going to be a bit sketch. But again, it just looked fun and atmospheric and I am a sucker. It's another really open world song. RPG which you love. But also the fact that it's the zombies and the, you know, the great thing about the original Dead Island was you know it, it you, you just start off in the hotel room to remember what's going on and just working your way down the, the, the hotel yeah. into the hotel lobby. It's a fucking crap inducing experience at times. I mean it's like Alien Isolation yeah. and I do dig those sort of games. They, I felt they like that game was like that at first but it didn't sustain it. Dead Island. Yeah, look, I, I, you know, I think the the review scores were somewhere between sort of like sevens and seven point five eights, and I think yeah. that's fair. Certainly wasn't the, it wasn't the game of the year, but I I, I just loved that it was kind of ballsy and. Uh, it's un- a good Dark Horse pick because it may be there, may not be there. If it yeah. is there, it could make a big makes a big wave. So I can see where you'd pick that. Yeah. Do you and have another one? I do have one more, and it's called Abzu. And this game is, it's another indie game, and this game is created by one of the developers who created Journey. And so, right away, it's got one up on everybody, because Journey is like one of the games that every journalist in the world absolutely splooges over. Even I love Journey. I found it an enchanting That's exactly... That's exactly the best way to describe Journey. Enchanting. Enchanting. Enchantingly short as well. Well, it was, it was two, two to three hours, but I mean, it, it, it was just a... And it's ironic that, you know, I got it, downloaded it, played it, never played it again. Yeah. Well, no, there's really very little reason to, but this game is very similar. It's like you don't really have any instructions. You're this person in this alien world. You just kind of adventure around and kind of see what happens. The music's really good. It's really atmospheric. You're obviously not in an alien world, mate. It looks like you're under the sea. You're under the sea. You're underwater at all times. Yeah. Yeah. You're under. You're like it's our ocean. But see, like. now you can start to see some of the other elements of the game. But, but yes, yeah, it just has that same vibe. It's got kind of a very cool art style. This is just the type of game that the modern game journalist goes crazy over. And so I could see coming out of the show. This being one of the games that everybody's talking about, it's making lists. Everyone's, it's. I just think it's going to be one of those comes out of nowhere. Nobody knows about it. Now all of a sudden, it's a big deal. Games. So um, this is a total dark horse, but I think it's something that you know. I mean, we have, there's no video footage. And there's nothing to to even sort of like just suggest that anything's awesome that is on the way. But one of the things I would like to see out of E3 is a new Super Giant Games game. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love what those guys have done. First game was absolutely fantastic. Then uh, uh, they released the second one, um, Transistor, last year, yep. which was really, really good. So um, they do. I liked Bastion more than, oh. and I know I'm in the minority on this. A lot of no, people. No, I'm with you. Bastion was was. I liked it way better enjoyable. than Transistor. Yeah, because I mean, it felt like it's an eight-bit Super NES game. Yeah, which is not a bad thing. Yeah, uh, but yeah, Bastion was fantastic. Still great. Transistor was still good. Transistor but I just was enjoyed good, Bastion but it wasn't. As, yeah, it wasn't as much fun for me as Bastion. But uh, I would. I, I am. I am there do. Indie, yeah, I'm throw some indie love out. I want to see what Greg and the crew. Have uh, have up their sleeves, your former cohort. Yeah, they've never made a bad game. Yeah, even though they've only two, made two. <laughs> they're batting two for two right now, yeah. which is fantastic. So uh, yeah, wouldn't it be nice if uh, you know Sony do something at the press or Microsoft? This could be one of the aces up the sleeve that you know we. I doubt we'll get a Bastion two or Transistor two because I think they work within their you know their own creative uh, bubble. So uh, yeah, a new super giant game. 
that would be a dark horse and that's in total uh you know basically somebody said is it really a dark horse if it's already been announced so nothing's been announced we don't know what super giant games have got but i want to see a new game from them at e3 yeah and i just have a couple honorable mentions um Wadham, which is the new game from the guy who created katamari damashi it is absolutely bonkers the game <laughs> every time i watch it i feel like my brain breaks a little it just it, well you can see right here it just it makes very little sense and i've read previews about it and the previews don't really clarify anything, but it's one of those games that looks like nothing else. It's for all ages. Kids can play the game. Adults can play the game. It's just, there's just, it's got that spark about it that a lot of times turns a game from like a small project into a massive hit. Obviously, the pedigree is there. So that's another one of my sort of under the radar games that I think might make an impact at the show. And lastly is Rhyme, which so I is. Was, I was just. Isn't that crazy, that game? <laughs> I was like, I don't remember anybody slipping some wacky-backy into my cigarette. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's the, the way that game is. But So I think that's one. And then there's this game called Rhyme that we actually talked about when we did our Sony preview. It kind of looks like Wind Waker a little bit. They showed it at E3 last year for the first time. I have a feeling that that game might make a big impact, too. But Cool. So those are my Dark Horse games. It's time to go to our trailer of the week. And Marcus... I don't say this lightly, and I don't know if I've ever said this in my life, but I'm about to say it. I think the new Ratchet and Clank game may be the best-looking console game ever. Ever. We'll see what happens when I watch the trailer. Yep, so a remaster of the first game. It has new weapons. It's a remaster! Yeah, another remaster. It has new weapons, a couple new stages and areas. They've reworked a lot of the parts that were kind of janky in the original game. Just play the goddamn yeah, trailer. Let, let, me, let me judge. All right. This is the story of a Lombax named Ratchet and his robot friend Clank and the muscular, irresistibly handsome hero who helped them save the galaxy. Oh boy. Just remember what I taught you. What did you teach me? Let's try this baby out. Yes. I thought it was time to get you a new ride. Locking on. Got him. Are you ready to be a galactic ranger? We want you! Alright, Marcus, so what's the verdict there? Do you agree with me on that one? I think it's very impressive. Um, On a technical level, that game. 
I can't trust Sony. Killzone Two comes back into my head all the time. Yeah, I I'm, mean, look, I look the, the, no, they've. The, here's the thing: they released gameplay on the same day as a trailer that shows the game looking exactly like that. So it's legit. It's not fake. Well, again, we until it's right in front. I mean, it looks. It's no, they played the journalists played it. Like they recorded their own footage playing the game. Games media. Um, vertical slice. Any aliens? Colonial Marines? Anybody? Uh, <laughs> no, look. Um, I love. I actually love me some Ratchet and Clank. Yeah. Uh, Future was it? Future Tools of Destruction. Uh, one of my favorite PS3 games. I played that game to fucking bits. Um, yeah. Well, I look. I'm down. I'm down with some Ratchet and Clank action. I'm I mean, the only other game I think that could maybe you could maybe say looks as good as that game would be The Witcher. And I've played that on PS4. I personally don't think it looks technically as impressive as Ratchet. It's, apple, it's apples and oranges. It I is. think, you know, one is a cartoony game. The other one's trying to be somewhat Yeah, it's more re- difficult realistic. to pull off realism. Yeah, yeah let's, let's see where we go at E3. See if, you know... Or... I'm not saying the game's going to be great. I just think it looks amazing. That's why I wanted to run it I for think, the trailer. I think the tra- it's a very good trailer. It hits all the right buttons. Yep. All right, so we're going to move on. We're going to make our E3 predictions. So... Each of us are going to make one prediction for each of the three platform holders. Let's start with Nintendo. Marcus, what is your Nintendo prediction? My Nintendo prediction is uh, they will have nothing of any interest to me. No. <laughs> that's my prediction. No, no that's my, not a prediction. That's, no, you know no, that seems, for a fact. No, but they might, you know, who knows? They'll, they could come out and actually have something super cool. What if they lock down Fallout 4 exclusively to Wii U? <laughs> what the you would freak out. Um, no, I mean, I don't. I, I don't think. I would love to see your face look, if that happened. Um, you know, unless it, they come out and say Reggie and Iwata have decided to leave and get married, and uh, we've got a new crew. Um, I don't. I have no interest in Nintendo. I'm not going to look. I'm not going to belittle Nintendo or any of the fans. That you know, they. If if Nintendo comes out with something that genuinely interests me, that will be a huge shock. Uh, but I think they will basically do what they've done year after year. They will take care of their hardcore fans. And as long as their hardcore fans are happy, more power to them. Yeah. What My- about you? Come on, give me a Nintendo. They, the limited Shane Amiibo is going to be announced. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. If they, if Reggie Maybe I could actually find Mi- one then. <laughs> a Marcus Amiibo. An annoyed gamer Amiibo. There you go. My prediction is that even though they've said Zelda will not be at E3, I am saying that it still will be there. That they'll have a trailer of it or a gameplay demo of the game. That it will make it an appearance in some way, shape, or form at E3. Because okay. I just, I just think logically, it, they just, they have to show the freaking game. And okay. so that's my prediction. Let's move on to Sony. What's your Sony prediction? Uh, my Sony prediction is that they will actually come out with uh, a date for Morpheus. Okay. And that they might... Well, they kind of did that already. But no, they might, as in, they might surprise us and bring it forward, and they might give us a price. Okay. So, especially after the Oculus uh, debacle today, um, I think Sony are now primed to maybe steal a march. And they're obviously doing very well. Um, and, you know, what I'd like to see is them c- to come out and uh, bring a version of Infamous that doesn't suck. <laughs> you think Please. Sony will ever make another handheld? No. They don't you think they're done after Vita? Nobody. Uh, they, the Vita is uh, it's a luxury item. Uh, and, look, I got a PSP and a PSP. I regret, by the way, yeah. I completely regret buying a Vita. 
It is the least played platform that I've bought. And in. I remember you bouncing into the uh, the Invisible Walls podcast. I pre-ordered my Vivita. I probably will regret it, but I'm so looking forward to it. And I did end up totally regretting it. Yeah. Like, it look, ended up becoming... Look, there is not one seminal game for that platform. Not one. No, That's an exclusive game to there's it. There's a lot of seminal games, but um, not one seminal <laughs> one. There's not one! Yeah. Um, I don't think Nintendo needs... Uh, Sony needs I spent so much handheld. money on that thing, man. It makes me sick to my stomach. Uh, um, and it ended up just being a place for them to crap indie games. Like... Everybody's got iPads. Everybody's got phones. Nintendo's got handheld sewn up. Um, I don't think you can really compete. I mean, you know... So why bother on that one? Uh, focus on the PS4. Focus on some killer, killer games. Because I'm still waiting for a killer first-party app out of Sony for the yeah. PS4. They yeah. haven't delivered, and that's what I need to see out of E3 is a killer first-party game that isn't going to be fucking six hours of cutscenes. So my Sony prediction, I was thinking about a price drop because I I think it's fifty-fifty. Because here's the thing. They don't need a price drop at all. And they don't Sony, need one. They're dominating. Right. And Sony is typically very stingy with its price drops. Like, if you think back to, like, the PlayStation 2, like, it took forever before they gave a price drop for that system. PlayStation 3, even though they were getting their butt kicked, they still waited way too long. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. If they drop the price of the PS4, it's over. Like, right now, it's teetering on being over between uh, them and Microsoft? No, look, I don't think it's over. It's too early in the race. I mean, we saw... I don't know, Mark. We saw... If they drop the price, though, I think that's it. I think that just chops off the head right there. Well, Microsoft, you know, the Microsoft introduced the, the new t- uh, one terabyte one. The other one uh, is, you know, it's been on a, on a price drop. I think what they will probably do is kind of mirror that move. We will see a bigger hard drive. Um, for the same price, for the for the same, and price. then lower the price, and then price drop for the other one. You know, but again, I don't think I, I think it's the beauty of those price drops uh, is, uh, and you know, if we can get over the tribalism for a minute, um, and not between you and me, but yeah, I'm yeah. talking about between Sony and Xbox fans. The price, the beauty of the price drops is it allows people to go for both. Yeah, for and sure. Expands great their gaming yeah. horizons, and that would be the great thing. I think that if Sony has a price drop and Microsoft has a price drop, I don't think it's over for Microsoft by any stretch of the imagination. Because right well, now, no, look, they'll have a successful business. I'm saying, no, but, will they ever surpass? No, but let's, let's at that point, I say no. Let's look, at, you know, let's look at what the key thing is with the fucking uh, with the PlayStation and with Xbox One games, games. and who has the first party games right now. I mean, we may have. La- I don't know. That's well, a good question. No, we may have. We may have had a laugh <laughs> at the micro- Microsoft list, but that Microsoft list is certainly more attractive than any other list that Sony's got right now. Yeah, but I mean, Sony's about to, talked- dude. Marcus, Sony is about to drop the bomb at E3. They are going to announce so many freaking games. Maybe that should have been my prediction, dude. They haven't shown anything for like what's coming in like a year and a half. I hope so. No, I, I want to. They see are what's about coming. to drop the A bomb on Dude, E3. Fuck what's coming in in two years or eighteen months. I want to know what's coming this holiday season. There's nothing. I mean, exactly. So if there's nothing, there's no point to buy the goddamn console. That's why they because the you're, you're only looking at third party support, and the third party has saved both gen- both Microsoft and Sony's ass to this moment. For sure, but. Microsoft, if they have a stronger holiday season coming up and they've got two different Xbox One SKUs and one is cheaper than the other, Sony have to stop sitting on their fucking laurels. They got their asses handed to them last generation and they learned from it. But now they've got, they stole a march, they're out in front and they're resting on their laurels. They really are. Yet again. So what Sony needs to do is come out, say, here's our fucking games. 
they're coming out this Christmas. Price and drop. Fuck the price <laughs> drop. Who need actually? Who needs a price drop when you've got a dozen fucking awesome games coming? Yeah. Like I said, they don't need the price drop. I just feel like it would yeah. just end it right there. I don't think it would. Like I said, I don't think it, it would end it. I think you know we're actually hitting that period now that the next two years are going to be pretty titanic i think sony has or sony does have the lead with regards to the amount of units sold and the better console yeah sorry but microsoft has that track with regards to the better for, for or the 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 more potential on first party that sony doesn't seem to have right now and that's what sony needs to buck up their ideas on because their first party last uh, last time around only picked up in the final three years before that it was a bunch of pretentious wank yeah I wanted to say that The Last Guardian, just to predict it for like the 50th year in my career. <laughs> but they, the cat's kind of out of the bag. It seems like that's a done deal now. So Oh, I I don't care about The Last Guardian. I know you don't. I mean, that's the thing. It's it's one of these games that's like, we have to have The Last Guardian. We have to have The Last Guardian. Just like we have to have Half-Life 3. But by the time it comes out, nobody will fucking remember what The Last Guardian is the sequel to. Well, it can be completely... Well, it's not a sequel to anything. It's a, its own game. Well, at least but that's how it's been marketed. But so isn't it set within? It's like a spiritual successor yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, I guess. Um, but yeah, to Shadow of the Colossus. I mean, or you know, Nico. maybe it's time to just put them, you know, put them to pasture. I mean, how, you know, I'm gonna let go of my Half-Life Three hope as well. I no, mean, I don't. That think, makes me cry. I don't think I'm ever gonna, <laughs> I'm ever gonna get my Gordon Freeman anymore. I mean, it's it's sad. All right, let's move on to Microsoft. What's your Microsoft prediction for E3? Well, they've kind of like spoiled everything already. They like showed the new console. They've shown the new controller with like the headset jack in it. Uh, my Microsoft prediction is they turn around and go back to Microsoft of two years ago, uh, <laughs> which would just be such a tragedy. Um, no, I think Microsoft. I mean, I'm hoping that uh, you know they come strong with. You know, we know that some of the games are missing. Um, you know, and they they actually fill that. And that's what that's. I mean, I don't really have predictions this time around. I mean, I've never felt so disconnected from this industry. Uh, and you know, this time last year, I had predictions. The year before, we would have ding dong battles about predictions. But I honestly just hope we come out of. And this is this is not a, a prediction. This is my hope. We come out with the three major formats all having really good varied lineups that cater to their fans and to you know to everybody else. The third parties all fill the the, the wants and needs. We have zero controversy. We have zero fucking headlines like the shit that we saw last year. That there was more decapitated heads than female presenters, uh, or you know why isn't so and so so and so coming with a female character, or why is there only a female character? Why isn't Tomb Raider played by a guy? Let's leave that shit behind because it's toxic. Let's get rid of, oh, we're going to give you a six-hour fucking game that's basically a vertical slice prequel and charge you full price for it. Let's get rid of that shit. Let's get back to having some respect for the, the consumers, some respect for the developers, and some respect for you know people in general, and get back to enjoying the games. Because until we come out of an E3 where I don't have to get pissed off and think about doing an Annoyed Gamer episode about fucking Polygon or fucking Kotaku or Fucking assholes like Gamer Gators, or fucking you know the the idiots the others on the uh, on the other side of that, the extremes on both sides. If I come out of E3 not having to think about any of that, I might actually still be doing this this time next week or the week after next. <laughs> I'm serious. If I come out of E3 next week and you know 
five o'clock next fucking Thursday and I'm walking into a bar and needing a drink and that's all I've seen is three days of, or four days of stupid ass tribalism, bitching, whining, fucking clickbait left, right and center. I'm walking away. I will walk out of E3 and I will never return. And Why I do you let it get to you so much, Marcus? Because I spent... Shouldn't you be the stronger person and I have not spent, let it bother you? I have spent over half my life in this industry. So have I. I started work when I was, uh, you know, in the games industry when I was 20. I turned 45 this year. I have seen highs. I've seen lows. I have launched, uh, worked around system launches. I have launched systems. I have launched franchises. I've worked with some really great people. I've worked with some really dodgy people. <laughs> Max also my eleven. No, but um, I have you know I have seen every end. I've worked with Japanese developers, American, Eastern European, British, every single type, and I have never felt so disconnected and so out of the loop. Uh, not you know just not wanting to be in the loop than I actually do at this particular time because it's fucking a bunch of mean-minded motherfuckers. When I go after somebody, I go after them because I got the experience to back it up. And because they're generally perpetrating shit against, you know, gamers or whatever. But there is such a rise in this toxic level. I mean, I kind of wish I never started an iGamer. I honestly think it's better now than it used to be, man. I think when we did Invisible Walls, I think communities were way more toxic than they are now. Uh, what I and what I think it is is I think that. Toxic people have found other toxic people oh, to hang out with. They are, they, but they are small. Uh, it's a small group of the toxics. But the toxics are getting their message fucking spread on Twitter because the toxics are coming out and they're reacting to the clickbait, the, the clickbait merchants at Gorka Media and, and these other sites. And then these clickbait merchants are amplifying the toxic message to get their more clickbait out. And all of a sudden, what is a couple of hundred rampant rectal fucking polyps on both sides is being elevated into this national battle and this global battle and this industry-wide battle. And I'm not saying everything's perfect in the games industry. Do we need equality? Do we need to step away from a bunch of shit? Can we do shit perhaps that we couldn't do? You know, uh, we, can we not do shit now that we did 10 years ago? In certain aspects, yes. But at the end of the day, this is supposed to be an entertainment medium. This is supposed to be art. When you end up censoring Grand Theft Auto for a, for, for a reason, then letting, you know, letting you know, an indie game get away with perhaps X, Y, and Z because it's an indie game, that's a form of censorship. And you've got to basically... And this is why the, the, that hatred game, you know? I didn't have that much of a problem with it because at the end of the day, if you don't, you know, you don't want to be censored, you don't, you know, you've got to accept the rough, the rough with the smooth. It's just the rough is so outweighing the smooth right now. I'm sick of sequelitis on a yearly basis. I'm sick of nickel and diming of the consumer. I'm sick of NeoGAF on one side being all Sony and then someone else coming in and being all Xbox and then somebody else being all Nintendo. And, you know, I've got every fucking console. I've had every fucking console ever made. Uh, you know, I used to be about the games. And I wanted to get back to that. And that's why, you know, if somebody comes up to me next week and says, who do you think won E3? I'm going to fucking hit them in the face. Because <laughs> the only people who should win E3 is the gamer. Yeah. So that we can have a fun industry and get back to what it was without this fucking professionally offended crowd who have no experience of anything beyond the last three fucking years and then before that 18 years of being helicopter parented. My, so. my perspective on that whole thing is if you let somebody else take joy away from you from something that you do, then you're letting them win. 
And but honestly, I mean, it's... You can't let it affect you. You can't you, worry about it so no, much. No, I mean, you know, you... you you pour so much of your life into something. I have too, Marcus. I know. Look, I I know you. I, I know we're you on have. the same footing. Here. I know, but I mean, you know, I have, you know, on both sides. I know you've been you've been journalist side the entire yeah. time. I have been on every side of this industry, from working retail to put to developer to publisher, whatever. And I see all the different aspects. And I see where shit's been going wrong for years, and now I see it all being amped up to ten, and it just sucks the enjoyment out of it. I mean, I, I will have a, never ever I will let anything take the enjoyment out of video games for me ever. No, it I just mean, can't happen. But and it I won't mean, ever happen. The, the games, the games aren't even as good and enjoyable as they were maybe four or five years ago. I don't know about that. I do. I, I think you know what this. The, you know, the Xbox 360 and the PS3 uh, and even the original Wii. I think that was a stellar lineup because when they all hit their stride. We were getting great games on a fucking weekly basis for one or the other or all three. Yeah. And, you know, we had years like, what was it, 2009 and 2011, yeah. which were two of the best years in the games industry. And I think, unfortunately, since then, with the new consoles and, you know, some succeeding, some not, it's gone tits up. And then you've got social media and then you've got, um, you know, the, the, the rise of the, the blogger masquerading as a journalist. And you've got the rise of the clickbait. And as somebody who... Also you should have, go to Sifted, by the way. Well, All the no, stuff you're complaining but, about is why we built yeah, but Sifted. Is you, can't just have, you can't just have one one shelter against an industry-wide problem. And this is, this, and it's not an, it's just industry-wide. It's a societal problem. Look, I, look, I was just to, as sick of it. I was so sick of it, like you are, that I put a shit ton of money on the line for it. So look, yeah, you but, don't have to you, preach to me. Like, no, but I you, get ha, it. you have the site and you're still, you, I mean, you are working, you're immersed in it day in, day out. I mean, I, and this isn't a judgment on you because I, I'm so proud of you for pulling this shit together and getting it all done. But in the last 18 months, I have stepped away from games to a certain degree that I actually have a life outside of games. Yeah. I mean, I have a you know bunch of friends. I have interests outside of games. You didn't have friends before. But I mean, that's the outside of games. Yeah. When I you know when I was in PR, you know, games PR for the longest time, all my friends were games journalists. Yeah. Or games PR people or developers. See, I've never been that way. I've always but had. I mean, in fact, most of my friends have always been outside the games industry. Oddly enough. Yeah, it's just one of those things that um, I would like to walk out of E3 happy next week. And if I do, there, then there's hope. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a fucking dinosaur. And I'm not the only one. I mean, I've spoken to eight or nine people over the last couple of weeks who uh, feel the same way that, uh, you know, the shit is, is just has to stop. Yeah. Well, we've tried to build a shelter for you. You should honestly come on Sifted. People are asking for you to come on every week when we do the show. Everyone's commenting on the show, and you're not there. I just I know again, that people are. If you look in the chat right now, I'm sure people, no, people are saying, are, look, "Marcus, please." I, I they appreciate. love you. They I, want no, to I, interact I with you. I appreciate that. You know, these guys are there. And, you know, the, the 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 comments that are made. I just there's there are there is a place for positive vibes about video games, and I'm telling you, it's sifted. You I'm should not really drunk become enough. a part of the community there. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you know, I just again, GT kind of that kind of burn me out. It can do it. So. Yeah, Wait, we'll I, see. Did I ever make a Microsoft prediction? I don't. No. Th I don't think I. Did. <laughs> I don't know how we got down on that what tangent. What fucking time is it? Jesus, <laughs> I need to go home. I need to go and get drunk. Uh, let's see. What is my Microsoft prediction? Price drops already been done. Controller's been done. It won't be the end for Microsoft. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I honestly think Mike. I just think Microsoft is going to have a great E3. I think. Uh, they're a lot like Sony. Like they are not showing their cards right now, but I think that they're gonna have a. I think they'll. Here's my prediction: 
they will announce four games that aren't known about right now for Xbox One. There you go. Forza 7, 8, 9, and 10. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Maybe time for one question. Uh, no. No? No. Not even one. If there's one popped up, we'll answer No, there quick. is no question out here. There's no questions in here, and we need to go because uh, it's going to take me uh, 90 minutes to get home. <laughs> uh, my wife is going to lock the door and put my supper in the dog. All right. Well, everyone, thank you so much for watching. I know this episode was long. Hopefully, some of you have hung with us this whole time. I know some people in Europe, it's like really late, and you probably passed out with headphones on or something trying to watch the show. We really appreciate it. Stay tuned to sifted.net. Uh, keep keep an eye on the homepage. We will have our full layout of E3 schedule and plans going up there in the next couple days. It's going to be fun. I think we're going to have fun with this E3. It's not going to be us running around like maniacs trying to get everything covered. We're going to be able to kick back, maybe drink a beer or two, and hang around with all the Sifted users and experience E3 together. So. I am going to be starting my drink next Sunday at 3 o'clock. You keep saying next Sunday. You realize it is three days. It is. It's the next Sunday. <laughs> I guess you're right, technically. It's, it's actually this Sunday. But it right? is the next Sunday. It is. Is there a Sunday before uh, this Sunday? It's all semantics. Yes. Shut up, man. <laughs> anyway, as always, thanks for watching, guys. We really appreciate the support. If you're not yeah. already on Sifted and you just found us on Twitch, go to sifted.net start the free trial become a part of our crew talk to him talk to him but not to me yeah <laughs> much love to everybody can't wait for e3 we'll see you soon game face is up and it is out